Denzel Washington is dead. Saber takes control of the office, and it's time to talk about the best-selling PC game of all time this week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you back three decades in a single week to show you what came out during this, uh, this very week that you're sitting in, or we're recording in, uh, in history. This week we'll be talking about January 31st through February 6th in 1990, 2020, 10. We are That's three decades, people. And if you miss the 80s, I assure you there's still a little 80s left. The they 1990s. don't miss you, don't worry. I miss the 80s so bad. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it was always the most fun stuff to revisit. It doesn't feel right now that it's 1990. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I am Diana Goodman, and I am fluent in Simlish, but I don't like to woohoo in the hot tub. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that was a damn specific video game reference. Good, mm. good on you, Dive. It's hey, a- let's talk about a video game I have played probably the most of any video game of all Holy time. Holy shit. Okay, we can't save that. Sarah? It's me, a dapper Dan man. So normally we talk about the video games in depth with the video game apocalypse people. That's Laser the Times uh, weekly oh, video game show. Can I, can I stop you? Yeah. Uh, I fucked up in Oh Brother Where Art That was for a year from now. <laughs> I did the same what? thing with Shadow of the Vampire. Both Shadow and the Vampire and <clears throat> Oh Brother Where Art Thou I put into the 2000 doc because they're 2000 movies and then i found out oh no wait they released wide in february 2001 right. they were and all- i didn't move them Uh-oh. so <clears throat> i done fucked up so we can talk about shadow of the vampire again you'd, you'd be a- don't get to talk about oh brother for a year i think clever editing means we just don't have to talk about those movies and you'd be surprised how little i care because i got to talk about two movies i really liked uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, everyone. Someone called me on it on Twitter, and it's pretty much my response. Like, hey, if we didn't have Shadow of the Vampire to talk about, we wouldn't have had anything good to talk about last episode. That's fair. Except That's maybe true. Driving Miss Daisy. And also, it led me to finding out, oh, Nosferatu was on an episode of SpongeBob. And what? <laughs> the picture of Nosferatu wearing a Krusty Krab hat is my new favorite thing in the world. Is it? Is it the real, like, the real footage? course it they, they animate perfectly over the real footage holy Ooh. shit god damn so, I love public domain. yeah when he like walks into the room it's the exact same image but it's in spongebob this is wonderful this is splendid news uh yes I, so i'm sorry dapper dan fans you gotta I, wait a week. i always say like uh if, you, year. if your complaint is the accuracy of dates that are stated go start your own accuracy podcast <laughs> i will put ten dollars on the hosting uh, and we'll, let's see how that goes. Yeah, look, it's not the first time that's happened. I'm sure it won't be the last time it's happened. But I do apologize whenever we we whiff something like that. I forget. I feel stuff bad all when we miss things, and I feel bad when <laughs> we jump the gun by a year. Well, at <laughs> least you're feeling bad about something because <laughs> there's not enough of that going. What around. a way to start the episode! <laughs> but a lot of fun comedies to talk about. The best-selling PC game of all time, uh, and one of the weirdest movies I've ever almost seen all of. But I do want to say, I'm going to start this at the top. Uh, this show is executive produced by Austin Cook and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time, where normally we elaborate more on the video games over there in a segment with the video game apocalypse. Guys, they are the hosts. Uh, that's Matt Allen and Mr. Diana Goodman, My- uh, Michael Raparez, who will also be joining us for Oscar time mm-hmm. uh, next week on Laser Time. So be sure to tune into that. that. That is our sixth, seventh annual Oscar time, where we watch all the Oscar movies so you don't have to play you some clips, write some sketches. It's a real, uh, 
Well, it's fun for me. How about that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about that? But patreon.com slash laser time. Get a bunch of free stuff, including a, a giant video game episode of this show every month. But let's get started, as we always do, with 1990. We're talking about the period of uh, January 31st through February 6th, the week we are sitting in. Uh, and this week in Russia, the first McDonald's is open. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I absolutely... It's all coming apart. <laughs> I think literally next week, uh, they start having multi-party elections. They announce multi-party elections. Mm. Spoiler for next week. So it's obviously McDonald's' fault. I believe it. Sure. Where's Burger King slash Burger Czar? I don't know. I believe it. If you want in to... In a year, the first known case of diabetes in Russia. And if you, if, <laughs> if you want... <laughs> and if you want to go to the nicest McDonald's ever, make sure... Do this. My one piece of advice. Make sure it's outside of America. <laughs> Every foreign McDonald's mm-hmm. is fucking immaculate, even if you're in a third world country. I don't know. I went to a pretty yucky McDonald's in the Florence train station many really? times. Dude, the, I Whoa. remember... I'm not... I was thinking of the fucking Florence McDonald's. What? Not in the train station. Oh, But yeah. the one outside, it's like... Is, this takes up like half a city block and has one of the... The Mick Cafe thing is... People are really using this. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been to Florence. Don't treat me any differently. Okay. Uh, but I do like that. McDonald's is spreading. And this is kind of the beginning of that. It already had sort of taken over America. But you know when it's penetrated something like Russia, mm-hmm. McDonald's is everywhere. And I think right after this, I, I think it's sort of fun. You can Figuring out national economies with the price of their McDonald's food. Oh, interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we all know what the value of that is. Mm. An extra value. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, McDonald's is open in Russia, and I'm sure Vlad is still very happy about it. Probably owns most of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's totally not a symbol of Western decadence or no, anything. No, no, no. no. God, no. Everybody loves McDonald's. Um, man, the, and the movies here are fucking crazy. I like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They are absolutely wonderful. And I can even see Die, Die rejigger them so the one I thought was the craziest thing I've ever seen <laughs> will be talking about last and never heard of. Yes. But that's why this I, is important and we need to talk about this. That's why I love this show mm-hmm. for movies that you're going to hear about in this segment. Um, not Driving Miss Daisy. We talked about that last week. But it's number one at the box office this week. Nor Triumph of the Spirit uh, starring Willem Dafoe, Edward James Olmos, and patron saint of laser time, Robert Loja. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so unfortunately, I couldn't find a good trailer for this because it's very visual. Um, this is the Hitler documentary, right? No, I'm kidding. No, so it's no, all it goes. is the answer to the Hitler documentary. Oh. It's it is a Holocaust movie. Uh, it's based on a true story where Willem Dafoe plays a Greek Jew. Yes, we have those. Mm-hmm. Where who um, is in Auschwitz uh, in the labor camp and is forced to box against other inmates for the pleasure of the guards. And it's the sort of like, well, what if I don't? You know, anyone I beat, they're probably going to kill. But if I don't fight, they'll kill me. They'll kill my family. And it's about, you know, overcoming the horrors uh, with with the spirit of humanity. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, it's there, some of it is kind of paint by numbers, but the performances are really good. Robert Loja in particular is really good. Jab, 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 uppercut his ass. <laughs> and I'm assuming he's a guard. And No? What? Is he not a guard? No. Oh. Oh. No. Like, okay. No, nor nor is Edward James Almos. So um, I guess they they caught the they caught the one Mexican they Jew. The, I don't know the one Latino in Germany. Mm. Yeah, no, they there are Mexicans. I know, Jews. I know. I watched one beat up a skinhead once in middle school. Cool. It was really cool. <laughs> it's, it's, Everyone thought, oh, he's beating him up because he says shit about Mexicans, but no, he's beating him up because he's a Jew. Ooh, oh, twist. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> the the skinhead he beat up went to prison later. 
Is this is not the movie we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it should be. It should be the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. No, Triumph of the Spirit is it's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is really good in it. I, I just I, I just want to give him a shout yeah. out because we won't be able to mention it in the Oscar show. I really thought The Lighthouse was going to get a nomination, and I really liked it. Mm. And, I, and, I, and even if you don't like it, he is fucking hilarious in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and it just makes me mad he has no Oscar at this point. Know, we thought he was going to get it last year, the year before. Hey, and by the time we get to the end of the show, we'll talk about someone else I was mad didn't have an Oscar, and then Ooh. he got one. Okay. Hey. And, and holy shit, this movie. <laughs> this like was It wasn't even... Is it a year ago? Two years ago, maybe. 88, where we talked about Midnight Run. Right. Which and is like, exactly the vibe I got here. There hasn't been enough time for them to steal this premise wholesale. And like, what if, Char- what if, what if Charles Grodin was a LSD-taking hippie who is, of course, played by Dennis Hopper? <laughs> of course. Kiefer Sutherland, like, I don't know. I feel now mildly miscast as the uptight the uptight well, cop because we know about him i guess because he's played so many other like unraveled cops right. but like the movie flashback is midnight run with dennis hopper instead of right. charles groton that's all it is mm-hmm. it is yep. it is astonishing yeah. acid acid casualty instead of uh uptight jerk yes abby, playing an abby yeah. hoffman type uh an activist caught by the fbi and but has to be brought back on planes trains and automobiles it was supposed to be an ordinary prisoner. It's the Midnight Run music! Federal agent, and this man is my prisoner. So, brother, I am just like you, a prisoner of the system. But this... <laughs> Can I bring you? How about a hacksaw? <laughs> Only kidding. <laughs> ...was no ordinary prisoner. I went and slipped some acid in your mineral water. What did you say? Hey, don't you worry. I'm not going to let you trip alone. I dropped a couple of tabs myself. In the next two days... John Buckner, FBI, will have his identity stolen. You know, you look like, you look like me. John Buckner, FBI. His freedom taken away. Wait till they find out how I escaped from the feds. His career destroyed. John, we don't like to look foolish. And he owes it all to one man. Huey Walker. Woo! Oh, man. seems tremendously entertaining. The reviews didn't speak so well of it, and Uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't either. I remember watching it back in the day, and I remember it being stupid fun, where it's just like, imagine what you think this movie's going to be. Yeah, that's exactly that. Dennis Hopper is Dennis Hoppering it up, <laughs> and then he disguises himself yeah, as man. FBI, but he's not very good at being like straight and pretending to be the man, and lots of goofy shit happens. Fuck and- that shit! Miranda writes man! <laughs> Sorry, yep. don't do a good bit of Dennis Hopper. Don't do yeah, the man justice. but it's yeah. I didn't even. I don't know how I missed that. It. It's just Midnight Run, but yeah, it's fun. It's dumb, but it's fun. The trailer uses the music like in the beginning. The shots are almost identical. It looks like mm-hmm. were these two fired from Midnight Run mm. and they retooled the movie. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! And is and moving on to the next film. Does Bette Midler have two movies in, in a row, or was that in a different decade? She had that Nathan Lane movie. Okay. Oh, that was a different decade. Right. right. That was a different decade. Yeah. But no, we got two weepies in a row from her. So I think her last movie we talked about from 89 was Beaches. Right. Yes. Yep. So these and were... then she comes back with Stella. Stella. Uh, Stella. Stella. Starring uh, Bette Midler, John Goodman, Trini Alvarado, Stephen Collins, uh, Marsha Mason, and Eileen Brennan. Touchstone Pictures and the Samuel Goldwyn Company present Bette Midler as Stella. She raised a daughter on her own. I love you, Jenny girl. And over the years, they were the best of friends. But now, Jenny's growing up. Mom, this is Jim. And they're growing apart. God, I hate seeing you like this. Well, mirrors hurt sometimes, don't they? Take it back! No! 
Yet through it all, their love survives. I love you, Jenny. Love you, Ma. Bette Midler, Stella, rated PG-13. Thank God, I can go see it. Uh, in 1990, <laughs> uh, I have never heard of this fucking movie. Uh, it's a remake of Stella Dallas, which was remade before that. I did. Um, see it. it was it was remade. It was a silent movie. Yeah, oh, it wow. goes that mm-hmm. far back. Mm-hmm. It is just a a major mother daughter weepy about like a poor girl from the other side of the tracks who has a daughter with this rich guy, and then you know the daughter starts growing up and becomes like friends with her dad and the rich people, and she's like. No, they can give you what I can't, but don't forget who you are. Don't forget your mother. <laughs> don't forget where crying, you came crying, from. Crying, crying, crying. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget you're the wind beneath my wings. That, that's a real marked difference in Bette Midler. She was in a lot of weepies in the 80s, and then through ever since then, she's kind of only cast in comedy. Yeah. yeah. But she is really funny. She started out funny. I mean, she started out She started out performing in gay bathhouses for fuck's sake. I mean, she's the perfect gay icon. She's got her bona fides. She can do the melodramas, which, you know, is definitely part of a canon. Mm -hmm. And then she just goes straight camp. Mm -hmm. And then goes, like, real, like, I mean, is in one of the best female-led comedies of the 90s, the First Wives Club. Woo! Can't wait okay. to talk. That's got to be coming up soon. A couple Female years. Female-led comedies. I'm still going to go back to Clueless. But whatever. And now the now yeah. the fucking... So Stella. Stella is, is a movie know, that's out. kind of forgotten. I'm sure some people like it, whatever. But we need to talk about a historical... This is incredible. This is incredible. Artifact, like, yes. We have a weird-ass artifact. Yeah. I'm so happy we get to talk about because... It sounds like we're making it up. It does. And it sounds like, uh, man, you ever wish Denzel did more comedies? Well, he did a couple comedies in the, mm-hmm. in the 80s. And this mm-hmm. is very much in the mold of an 80s movie being mm-hmm. the first five weeks of, of the 90s. But I, I don't know. Should I explain? I guess I'll explain the premise. It's called Heart Condition mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, Chloe Webb, and Bob Hoskins. So the premise is Denzel Washington is a high-class lawyer who butts heads with a Bigoted cop played by Bob Hoskins. Yes. A uh, mm-hmm. famous uh, American Welsh actor. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Bob Hoskins. Uh, Denzel Washington is shot down at the same time Bob Hoskins has a heart attack and has a heart transplant from Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and right. therefore haunts him as a fucking force ghost throughout the entire film. Yes. And he learns right. lessons about... <laughs> Love, race, and tolerance through Denzel, as a ghost. Denzel Washington's ghost. Yeah, it, as a ghost guides him through life. Plus, fucking, they're both they, they're dating with, the same girl. Yes, they are Eskimo brothers. Oh. <laughs> what world do those match up on Bumble? It is wild because the woman that they're both involved with. I want too, a really tall, hot black dude or a really squat fifty-year-old <laughs> bald Irish guy. I don't know, one of the two. Yeah. I've got a specific type, and that is confused. <laughs> um, yeah, the woman who plays their her their love interest, shared love interest, also is like supposed to be a hot hooker, but yeah. just looks like is a mom. Both ill matched for both of them. <laughs> She's got like a banging body, but then mm-hmm. from the neck up, she looks like a mom, an yeah. '80s mom. Which, <laughs> spoiler alert. She is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most incredible this artifact. This is wild. One of the most. It's free on Vudu. Yeah, it is. Uh, yep. If you want to watch it there, it's and almost. And I implore you to. It's, it, I could not stop watching it. I loved it. I, <laughs> I have to say. A little bit of the trailer. Look, you can see my notes. I wrote. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> it was transfixing. Yeah. 
What's Denzel Washington's heart? The only person that can see me is you. Doing in Bob Hoskins' body. You gotta help me fight who killed me! Two men. Time for you to get your big, fat, extra crispy bucket of chicken, two liter Pepsi Cola drinking body out of bed. One heart. <laughs> and some serious complications. <laughs> heart condition. <laughs> this time. The ghost does the busting. That's Friday. Oh, my God. The ghost does the busting. What? I swear to God, if if like we wrote this down and told you without a trailer, you wouldn't believe this existed. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. It's And I put it on thinking, I'll probably watch a couple minutes of this and then I'll tap out. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I watched the entire thing. (laughs) I loved it. Right about the part where like Bob Hoskin walks up to Denzel Washington, knees him in the balls and calls him the N-word. Yep. Like. Yeah. Is this happening? That happened. Is yeah. this happening? Yeah. And, and then I don't I don't want to play the clip because the, the sound is bad and, and it, it, there's a discussion. His he has to talk to his police chief who's a black guy and can't stop laughing. Like you called him what? Yeah. Let me explain to you who, who gets to say Veg. this. Not you. Yeah. <laughs> As he keeps laughing. And yeah. and like it's well that's there's so many things that are like eighties as shit about this, and like, well, that's a surprisingly like now mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Uh but, I don't know. Like, I I had to stop watching it, but it it's, is whew. so. It was very. I mean, you have to admit, though, the Bob Hoskins acting physical comedy against something he can't see again for yeah. the second time now that we've discussed because <laughs> well, he's a master he's at it. Bringing we know that this. Roger Rabbit physical comedy, oh throwing God. himself all over the place against nothing because you know it's a ghost is great. And he's he's. You're right. I forget how. It's one of those takeaways I never have from Roger Rabbit that mm-hmm. Bob Hoskins that Roger Rabbit's not real. Is it? Well, he's a surprisingly <laughs> good physical actor because he's yeah. doing that all on his own. Oh yeah. And and like when I watch this, like they literally like remove the Roger Rabbit for a second, mm-hmm. and he's just like wrestling a hamburger at a restaurant by mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it's really funny to watch this short Welsh dude <laughs> like just scramble around. Like he's like he looks like a, he looks like a chubby Charlie Day. Yes. Uh, like in his physical <laughs> movements. Oh, uh, if we were to remake this with Idris Elba and Charlie Day. Oh, <laughs> please, please. And please can we go down the road casting. of like, because he's a black man's heart, he like has a little bit more rhythm and starts dressing oh. cooler. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. My yeah. It's, this is oh. amazing because we are, we're literally a couple weeks from Denzel becomes Denzel and then he's just Denzel forever mm-hmm. where his, his career solidifies. Back in the day, you know, like, he sort of went back and forth between good movies and bad movies. He did, like, Cry Freedom and Mighty Quinn, which are both really good movies. But, like, he started out doing Carbon Copy. Right. Which is a wackety-schmackety, turns out you have a Black Sun movie. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, offensive. Then he went off and did, like, St. Elsewhere, and people started to realize, oh, shit, this guy's really good. Right, because mm-hmm. Denzel Washington was... it's so was... funny that just weeks before seriously we underline denzel washington is a movie star we have this yeah crap because the, the the best thing about denzel in terms <laughs> so of h- history and how young we are is that like he became a movie star obviously because of his talent but because he started taking roles that like could have gone to white people mm-hmm. his first couple yeah. of movies it's like you know this is black. This has black guy written in the script. Mm-hmm. You ha- mm-hmm. and it's so, as is this movie. He has to be black. And at the, after like after this, Denzel skyrockets and like you're just a leading man. Mm-hmm. Either Tom Cruise gets this or you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like the last yeah. of his. Yeah, I, like yeah, we're a year for, away from like Ricochet is the first thing I see on his. It's like yeah, this was probably written for a white guy. Yeah, much ado about nothing. Definitely Malcolm X. Obviously no. <laughs> no better please no. But it does bum me out because no. like he is. 
fantastic comedically. Yes. And like Fences has funny moments that sort of depress you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Denzel hasn't done like a straightforward like uh, comedy like this. And, but he no. can fucking do it. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to. You see to. glimpses of it in a lot of his movies. In, like Training he, Day. He throws, yeah, he throws mm-hmm. off a line or something. You're like, he's got... The right stuff for that. But he is the comedic lead here. Just need to... He is the drop-dead Fred. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think part of the reason is that um, generally Hollywood... I think things have changed in the past decade probably, but usually Hollywood doesn't want funny leading men to also be unbelievably attractive. Yeah. And he's never been more attractive than he is right here. It, mm, even in those eighties jogging that jogging outfit, I want that. What do you so say? Even bad. I mean, especially I want that so bad. It is so many colors on one outfit that you only use for jogging. Only uh, for jogging. What the <laughs> heck? heart condition? That's the name of the movie. I know you're gonna say I didn't say it, but I did. Heart, heart condition. condition. Heart condition. It's, Boy, I loved this, it. You gotta see it. It really sounds like we're making it up. Yeah. This is. It's not April, guys. We're not. We wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> It is real, it and it is free if you sign up for Walmart's streaming service. Yeah. I, I, I mean, say, I've actually we used hate a movies lot. might have reviewed it, and mm. were oh, they were all just shocked the whole time. They're just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Why? I mean, it has Who a, thought this was a good idea? It has a freebie in the bean quality. We're like, uh, this is you should never make this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is hyper problematic, but as a result of that, it's like transfixing mm-hmm. and you can't take your eyes <laughs> off of it yeah and, and, and then someone is this well done like i'm laughing Question for the right mark? reasons I mean, sometimes yes. and then yeah. i'm laughing for the wrong reasons but i'm still laughing i mean i'd say one of my biggest complaints about this movie is that the whole bad guys don't make sense and shouldn't even really play into it like mm-hmm. i don't even i didn't even get the whole like you know climax of the movie where they take their girlfriend the mobsters take their girlfriend mm-hmm. to like a place and then they have to rescue her hey, well, unlike driving Miss Daisy, the black role has has a goal mm-hmm. and something to achieve mm-hmm. <laughs> so denzel's ghost has to have something he wants too otherwise yeah. why haunt why hang out with bob hoskins right seems like a great guy right oh right to solve his murder <laughs> to solve his that's murder. right yeah to solve his murder um heart condition please Tell the world its story. See it. And then at the end, I'm sorry, I got a little misty. Of course you did. Oh, my God. I mean, they close out with Bonnie Raitt's Have a Heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. And, I mean, if you want to get me right in the heartstrings, Bonnie Raitt's one of the ways there. It's just a sultry song coming to the biggest pile of hair you've ever seen. Right. I love Mm, it. On top of a Canadian tuxedo. (laughs) That's how I mentioned Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're going to move into television January 31st through February 6th. (sighs) Mm -hmm. (sighs) I know I am because it's all shit I like um, this week, including uh, You Don't Look 40, Charlie Brown, which is a minorly cloying but totally watchable uh, special uh, for mm. Charlie Brown which is like I, I think at this point I don't know when I would have found out what Bill Melendez looked like but now mm. he's a guy I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. a guy who uh, <laughs> went on strike at Disney and got fired for his troubles created his own independent studio didn't know what he was going to do met a guy named Charles Schultz and had a job for the next 40-50 years and is usually the voice of Snoopy I think even posthumously mm. Um mm. Uh, but this is a celebrating Snoopy, and I never knew what the guy looked like because, uh, yeah, he's just, just a, like a Latino guy, kind of broken English. I just hadn't really heard from him before. We could hear from Charles Schultz and uh, the creator Kathy, 
It's to sing the praises of, of Snoopy. It's mostly a clip show. But then one of the most bizarre things happened. It's hosted by somebody from Dallas? Like, I just, Michelle Lee? Maybe? I, I, I don't know who hmm. she is. She's yeah. from... Uh, 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 in, and then she's like, Charles Schultz's characters are synonymous with jazz and freeform. What seemed jarring and crazy is now, uh, now, now synonymous with these characters. As such, here's a song uh, about Snoopy's character, Joe Cool from B.B. King. I'm like, you didn't what? read this closely at all because you just talked about jazz and then went into B.B. King. Yeah. Uh, but B.B. King performing a special salute. I have three Joe Cool shirts. In my, can you believe it? Oh, I can believe it because yes. I've seen them. Snoopy's cool persona. B.B. Uh, King singing a very special tribute to Snoopy's Joe Cool character. <laughs> So like, this makes me wonder. Joe was... Cool is Snoopy with sunglasses on. Yes. Yeah. And leaning up against a and a T-shirt that says his name on. <laughs> As uh, all like he bought like, a costume oh, for like himself that. at an eighties Halloween store. I will make this vow. If you ever find a woman to marry you, I will play this song on the saxophone at your reception. Oh, I can... <laughs> this is this is right up there with the nineties club version of Garfield's Cool Cat. Mm-hmm. I love songs about. <laughs> Cartoon characters who don't speak, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I always, I was like, BB King, really? Isn't he above this? Or I, now I'm like, did no one just ever ask him to sell out enough because yeah. they had enough respect <laughs> for him yeah. not to ask him? Because why is BB King doing this? One of the most legendary musicians of all time, singing a song about Snoopy in his special. The question maybe, is, why? Not? Maybe he has mm-hmm. the same manager as Lou Rawls, and that's, <laughs> Lou Rawls got that Garfield gig. He likes lasagna. I can't do a good Lou Rawls. Um, oh, speaking of things I like, um, on the third MST3K season one ends with the Black Scorpion, um, where we see the exit of John Josh Weinstein, which we don't see because I think Women of the Prehistoric Planet, the fourth episode, the Haikiva introduction mm-hmm. that is the last one shot but there's also right. I, I went back well, looking they, and then they run out of order too so i think yeah. we still get to talk about haikiba haikiba and, and well and that they um <laughs> there, there's the show i think they, the show had no such continuity and i was yeah. i really went through this like hoping for it and then i remembered how fucking fun that i mean this episode is low rated in terms of msc3k fans mm-hmm. but like it's got the it's got giant scorpion fights stop motion fights from willis o'brien the guy who created king kong so it looks those look great and are completely unforgettable but i I think both the movie and the msc3k episode is not something people talk about very Mm -hmm. often but it does qualify as the season finale here for the first season and we lose josh weinstein who is one of the funniest people in the fucking universe that I did, I, I didn't learn to appreciate until after MST. His story was he. I think he's like seventeen years old. Wow! And he was right. part of creating MST and kind of had a bad time and quit the show abruptly. And the next season, a bunch of people I would go on to love even more, like Frank Conniff and Kevin Murphy, take over. Uh, two people have to take over. Josh Wine, J. Elvis Weinstein is how you would know him now. Ah. Producer of Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Yes. yes. Uh, he's great. And if you follow him on Twitter, you know he's fucking right. hilarious. Right. But yeah. he's also great in Cinematic Titanic. Like, in terms of whatever a riffer is, he helped create it and define it. And he's really good at mm. it. Love J. Elvis Weinstein. 
just want to give a little salute to him and MST. CBS TV movie on the 4th of uh, February, 1990. Family of Spies, part one. Yeah, part two is coming, came up later this week. Um, yeah, CBS wanted to devote two whole nights to this story of John oh, Walker Jr., a naval officer turned spy against the United States, who then turned his whole family into aspiring against the United States. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I watched this show. Oof. It Star- was called The Americans, goddammit. Exactly. Oh. Starring Powers Booth, Leslie Ann Warren, and Lily Taylor. Hey. Yeah. Love the name Powers Booth. Me too. Um, also right, on the fourth, did we talk about Sammy Davis Jr.'s 60th anniversary celebration already? I feel like Super we talk about something like that every week. sure we week. did. It might we be a rerun. The, this might <laughs> be a rerun. Everyone was in it, and yeah, okay. I was like, oh my God, there's actually still live people in there. Yeah. yeah well, and, These just come up so often that I forget which ones we talked about. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like it, the people who show up to that special, like Frank Sinatra among them, are like mm-hmm. the most famous people ever mm-hmm. from five decades. Um, and lastly, The Simpsons, uh, Bart the General airs hmm. an episode. I remember in a world with no streaming and no DVDs, I missed it. And I had to like wait around the VCR like every week until it showed back up. And I really wanted to see it. And I, at the time I wasn't disappointed by Bart the General and, and but now looking at it, it is, it is way, it feels way too much like a kid's show. Mm. And there's a ton mm-hmm. of things that were like massive controversies at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they said the censors. You cannot say family jewels on primetime television. Oh. But I think part of James L. Brooks's and Matt Groening's deal is like, no notes. You don't get to tell us. If it's not written down by the FCC, you don't get to tell us what we can and can't air. Awesome. And in the episode, I think Grandpa plays someone who complains about language on television and uses the word the censors sent them. Uh, <laughs> but but it's, it's centered on Bart. And um, it's notably the debut of, I think, a... The Jewish guy? <laughs> it's it's an old Jewish guy. Mm. Old gray man, she ain't what she used to be. Uh, ha, ha, ha. That guy. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. uh, Herman, who never gets used very often, but is the, he owns the um, Army-Navy store. Mm. But the most importantly, the biggest debut comes after Bart interrupts Lisa's bullies. And a much bigger bully comes out, pulls Bart up, but he's still swinging mm-hmm. and ask, accidentally hit, hits a much bigger bully. Nelson, you're bleeding. Nah, happens all the time. Somebody else's blood splatters on me. Hey, wait a minute. You're right. You made me bleed my own blood. <laughs> so I feel like I've seen that line in like half a dozen other things yeah. that don't feel like Simpsons references. I think it feels like something people thought of cleverly on their own. Uh. You made me bleed my own blood. Mm-hmm. But it, let's, <laughs> now and forever, it is a Simpsons reference during the debut of Nelson Muntz. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's <laughs> almost bizarre to think of him as, as Bart's bully because he spent far more time mm-hmm. being an ally or at least like a, well, a friend of me. isn't that how the best friendships start? I guess so. After no, 30 years. people. I mean, think of Kim Kelly and uh, Lindsay. I could do a very in, I could do a very inside show. All of my frenemies... Mm-hmm. Have become just friends at this point. Yeah, because we're old. I know, and no one has the energy. <laughs> no reason to be, to be mad. mad anymore. Yeah, I just recently had a situation where someone who I thought was my nemesis now I'm friends with, and I don't know if they knew we got that there. they were my nemesis. <laughs> no, I will destroy you <laughs> okay. eventually. Yeah. This is left up to you to my will. Might infiltrating as well. your <laughs> network is my first step. <laughs> Please take this off my hands. <laughs> Turn this into an all Gilmore Girls network. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank it's you. It's just going to be called The Girls Network, where we just talk about Gilmore Girls, Gossip Girl, and girls. 
oh man, you, you can just see the guys at Reddit fuming. Is she kidding? I'm going to make a huge post if she's not kidding. Um, but yes, uh, Bart the General, a good episode, an episode I loved as a kid, but really feels more at home on like something on the Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon because it is so kid centric. And but yet riddled. With references I never got until I started to expand my movie horizons. A long Patton and full metal jacket references. Mm. Like mm-hmm. uh it's it's about going to war with the bullies. Um and they have they have water balloons that read death from above. Is that mm. anything <laughs> that still goes on now is having those sorts of references that you know, like I can't think of a television program that's on right now I, that I feel like I got to figure out what they're talking about. Well, I, I, that's, I guess it's a kid it's, thing. Maybe. It's one of the things Simpsons deserves credit for. Yes, absolutely. Because they were able to like, uh, I mean, and Brad Bird in particular, who mm-hmm. was like behind the scenes and like the director, but he was framing shots. So he's mm-hmm. framing shots like his favorite movies, which mm-hmm. had, like it, it, it had happened before, but it, it's not something you can do with a fucking sitcom. You mm-hmm. can't do a, a Hitchcockian shot on family ties. Like you just can't do mm-hmm. it. But like the Simpsons is like m- these beautiful, like movie references are occurring mm-hmm. on screen for the first time I can think of. I re- like, I really can't think of because there's not enough animation yet to parody old animation it's right. the Simpsons parodying everything. Right. And, and I think that's what makes – that's why the show will like always have this special place in pop culture history. Yeah. I it's, mean, the, it's the first show to celebrate everything we love very subtly. Before you knew you loved it too. Yes. Yeah. Like mm. that – what a cool and special thing to have a show like this where I know I've heard from a lot of people mm. especially that – they did not know. They did not know that nope. this was a movie until they got older, and they're like, "Oh mm-hmm. my god, that's what that's a reference <laughs> to." I didn't even know that was a reference. I thought that was right. just a cool thing the Simpsons did. Yep. And what mm-hmm. a fun time of history too, where you can't pause something and look it up. Mm-hmm. And even if you wanted to, how would you look up the shot? A shot where yeah. you know people yeah. line up. Like, how do you even Google hey. this? You know. Well, let's let's go down to the library and we'll get out the encyclopedia mm-hmm. and we'll look for man standing in front of giant flag. Oh, right, exactly. Uh... <laughs> and what I love about it is that we discovered through doing Talking Simpsons. I think they're redoing this episode soon. They didn't even have the luxury of like having stuff on VHS. They're like operating off of like a memory of a shot. Yes. So it's it, in a lot of cases. So yeah. it's 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 really. Interesting to see, like, in, in, in how we start, how, how pop culture starts evolving. Is, mm-hmm. is The Simpsons is such a massive, massive part of that. Uh, just a and, huge touchstone. And, not and it's, like, it's also like, I remember, like, Wayne's World would do movie references, but mm-hmm. they really hit you over the head to make sure you get it. Whereas right. The Simpsons, like, mm-hmm. doesn't slow down, doesn't seem to care if you get it. Mm-hmm. And, and my dad is laughing. I'm just looking at him like, why? This must be important for some reason. But it's two seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's two seconds. That's what I was going to say is that not to be too sappy about it, but the fact that it's a primetime television program means it's probably more likely that kids and parents are watching it together. Mm-hmm. And I imagine mm-hmm. that was part of the appeal for a long time is that that's something that parents could share with their kids about you know, references and explaining what things were, which mm-hmm. is a fun thing. I mean, that's something that Sam does with our kid is whenever we're watching right. stuff together, Sam is very good about pausing whatever we're watching and explaining to him, this is what this reference is, to the point where I'm almost a little bit like, why don't we just let him wonder about a couple of things? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that might be kind of fun, I too. I mean, but who but has the time really, to watch shit twice when you're yeah, someone his age? And I really admire Sam's commitment to, you know, helping him understand references just, to things. Because it is fun. Maybe Diana could explain to me. Because, like, I've watched mm-hmm. Patton a ton. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. I watched it as a result of going through the TV guide and like, what's four star here? here Patton. 
And I got a ton of references and all the stuff. The Sesame Street movie opens up with a patent parody. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> yes, that's but right. Like, it's gone. Like if you're if you're under twenty, why the fuck would you have seen Patent? Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's a popular movie. It's a lot of. It's a dad movie. It is. Now, I mean, it's it's a it's back in the day it was a man's movie. Now it's a dad movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All dads love Patton. You magnificent bastard! I watched your VHS. <laughs> dad. Um. But yeah, great George C. Scott performance. Bar the general. Going like not a lot of game stuff happening in 1990. We'll mm-hmm. dig into more granular detail on the uh, monthly th- uh, video game apocalypse coercion uh, wrap up cohesion. My bad. Uh, but the music <laughs> of 1990. How am I supposed to live without you? Is still number one. How are I still we haven't answered that question. I mean, how are we living without Michael Bolton? Um, Pretty good. Actually. You should come to the record store. I was at because this, this total hipster fuck. And then I get to those, the sections, like, there's a lot of Michael Bolton. Like, I'm, I really, really like Michael Bolton. I have your obscure Thank blues you. and jazz shit over here, but I really like Michael Bolton. Yeah, like, you're talking about our friend? He likes holy to keep fuck. it in, Yeah. No, I'm not. You haven't met him yet. Oh, um, a different record store? A different record store opened oh, up. I don't like this. Yeah. I uh, got a new there piece. There are two record stores? Got a new piece of sports. In Tallahassee, Florida. There's, I got a new piece of uh, sports goofy memorabilia on VHS. Yeah. To solve that long mystery. Uh, never mind. But uh, new releases out this week. Uh, music 1990, January 31st through February 6th. Chill out by the KLF and the language of life by everything but the girl. We are going to close out with uh, Two to Make It Right by Seduction. Wait, is this? It takes two it's to exactly make it right? It's exactly what you think right? it is. Yes. Nice. Yep. Uh, it's by Seduction featuring Michelle Visage. <gasps> what? Her, this was her group. She was in a girl group produced by the CNC Music Factory guys who haven't debuted yet. Um, yeah, Seduction was a 80s, okay. 90s girl group. Yeah, I only know yeah, Michelle. Including Michelle Visage, who people know as like RuPaul's best friend. That's all I know her from. Good. Yep. No, I'm yeah. learning about her for the first time. Good but to know. this song I've heard, you've everyone has heard a thousand times, but you probably never knew it was I Seduction because I didn't. We're all very familiar with the Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen series of movies mm-hmm. where they travel over the world. I'm sure this song is featured in every single one of them. To Grandmother's House We Go? <laughs> of course. Yeah. How the West Was Fun. How the West Was Fun. <laughs> uh, we gotta keep tabs on when that comes up. Uh, but th- we're closing out with two, uh, two to make, a th- make it right by Seduction. Now you can tell your friends you know the band name. We'll be right back with 2000. Stay right there. Thanks for listening to 302010. I hope you're enjoying the show. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up in 2000 and also 1990, 2010. I think it's better than 2009. So did you miss a name of a movie that we were raving about on 302010? Because we've been trying to get better at saying the title more than once. But if you completely miss the name, you want to find the movies we're recommending, you can check out our new profile on Likewise. Likewise.com slash 302010. Likewise is an app that helps you find movies, TV, books, podcasts, even restaurants that you might like based on things you already like. And in the case of movies, it will tell you where you can stream them right now. That's probably like the big sell for me. I like anywhere where they will tell me where I can stream things because I will open up like seven different apps 
trying to figure out where it is, if it's HBO or Amazon or Netflix or whatever. So having one place that says, hey, you want to see this movie? Boom. Here's where you can see it. And also, here's other movies you might like based on that. It's all based on people's recommendations on Likewise. You could even recommend 302010 for your friends and family because you're super plugged in like that. And people are always looking for new podcasts. Uh, you can download Likewise as an app or use it online, just on the web. Likewise app is at the Google Play Store. It's at the Apple App Store. You can check out all of our recommendations. We got a bunch of lists, including Classic Corner, which has more than 200 movies, all of which come with my stamp of approval at likewise.com slash 302010. That's 302010. Okay, back to the show. This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. We're in the 20s now. We have, we have games from the 20s on the NES. Um. Popeye. That is Popeye. Popeye, uh, which we discussed on an earlier episode. Like, I wouldn't call Nintendo's mascot, but they like, wanted him to be. before Mario existed, like no character was more associated with Nintendo than Popeye if you were living in Japan. It's a, a 1960s ramen deal. It's, it's the first Nintendo licensing deal. It's the first big game. It's the first, it's a big game and watch. It's puzzles. Like, Nintendo made a ton of Popeye shit. And if Popeye, <laughs> never get tired of saying this, if Popeye's licensors hadn't been pricks, we might not have had Donkey Kong in Mario. <laughs> and that would be like, uh, that's 56 years of difference. So that would be like right now on the Nintendo Switch, uh, Sword in the Stone game came out. And on Xbox One, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. <laughs> which I say, I say, Gotta again, be a VR game. I wrote that, I wrote that down. Like, why would that be bad? Yeah. Why would a Birds game be a bad? A VR Birds game would be awesome. I would love to be trapped in the phone booth while I'm trapped. <laughs> like, with just birds smashing in. That's too big. Ugh. That's actually from The Simpsons, and I haven't seen The Birds, and I haven't read it. <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming in with Swastika Eyes uh, by Primal Screen off of Exterminator. I like Primal Screen, though. Welcome yeah, to 2000. Well, I realize we, we haven't had much like Electronica or what Acid House or um, Drum and Bass. Or, a lot of subgenres uh, coming out in 2000. We haven't had a lot of train spotting soundtrack. Mm. Uh, mm. That's all I know it is. Welcome to 2000, January 31st to the 6th. Uh, we got new releases, Night by Morphine, the self-titled debut of the East Siders in uh, New Day Dawning by Winona Judd. Wow. What do I buy? The East Siders and Winona Judd. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> I Know I Loved You by Savage Garden is still number one. And yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the MPAA starts uh, adding explanations to all of their ratings, and now like all ratings do this, and I don't like it at all. Oh, it was a real boon for us though in the early two thousands when it? you're yeah you're oh, sitting oh, down to watch a movie and you're on like, HBO. Wait a minute, what am I getting myself into? Nudity this, and strong sexual content. How erotic is this thriller mm-hmm. going to be? <laughs> Uh, is it strong sexual content or is it nudity? Okay, nudity, yeah. So yeah, you got the R and NC17, but now they're adding like violence, nudity, drug use, 
And I remember I worked yeah. in a game, like a fucking Chippendales Rescue Rangers game, and it had to put in tobacco use. Like, what are you... Fat cats holding a cigar in a picture. Okay. Cigar so, should not count as tobacco use, I feel like. I don't know. If it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I like when they get really specific, though. Um, I think once I saw Vampire Sensuality. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite is still Pirate Violence. <laughs> To specify, not just violence, pirate. Well, I you do know, love there, that. There was a little tiny debate here I've had with friends. Mm-hmm. And there is no right or wrong here. Okay. Um, because I remember HBO started using just R, rape. There is rape here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it yeah. was like, that's one of the only things that's like a spoiler. Like, yeah, that is a, that's true. That's that a is, potential spoiler if you're watching like Game of Thrones. Right. Like in, but also like a little bit of warning. Oh, like, okay. dude, of course. At, like yeah. I get more than ever now. I understand that everybody deserves a warning, but it is also like it is weird being like not. I don't like those scenes, but like, but just like knowing that that's coming at the mm-hmm. beginning. Like I, I have turned away from shit. Yeah, and I and I don't you know I don't have any. I don't think I have any hate. I don't want to go to therapy, is what I'm saying. But like, uh, <laughs> but it's like the only thing that's a spoiler. Everything else is sort of like. Oh, it's Mel Gibson. Of course, there'll be violence, right? And anti-Semitism. Yeah, I can. I mean, I understand the arguments that putting our rape as a trigger warning mm-hmm. is a potential spoiler. But to that, I say, eh, yeah. I feel like the good outweighs you. the bad on that one. Yeah. So, what a beautiful mm-hmm. way to say it. Yeah, because strong gotta... sexual content doesn't cover it. No, because really, what mm-hmm. that meant on like the HBOs was yes. like vagina. Exactly. You're going to see Bush. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that was all it meant. Like, yeah. if like if it was beyond boobs, that was strong sexual content. Wow. We're Americans. We're real repressed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, moving to a friendlier topic, um, we have the 2000 movies, such as Liam Neeson, Oliver Platt, Sandra Bullock in Gunshy. New York's most stressed out cop. Maybe you got that weird sleeping disease. Narco sleepy. Might have a chance with the city's most charming nurse. Where are you from? <laughs> Top of the morning to you. If the mafia's worst assassin. Put your hand on the table. I won't say it again. It's a paper. Let the neighbor go. Doesn't find him first. That's the guy who's going to be coming. You are a deranged nut. Ah. Am I an attractive nut? Gunshy, rated R. Ooh, what uh, in what world does Oliver Platt chase down a scared Liam Neeson? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that mm. does seem against type. Mm-hmm. But I guess not uh, in two thousand. This movie is awful. Yeah, <laughs> it don't look great. It's real bad. Um, I watched. I think like my friend rented it and was like, "Well, all these people. I like all these people in this movie. Let's watch it." And the so much of the movie i don't know why any of these people got involved because so much of the movie liam neeson is like a cop who's got like all kinds of problems and especially like gastrointestinal problems so he ends up getting enemas like several times in this movie i have a very specific kind of crohn's disease (laughs) (laughs) and that's how he meets sandra bullock she's giving (laughs) enemas and that's the joke Oh boy! Oh, uh, and then she's like a manic pixie dream girl, and it's just so uncomfortable and bad. And I just I want to know what movie they signed up to make because this one is awful. It seems so poorly conceived—a whole romantic sort of comedy situation around uh, enemas pooping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feeling like you got a poop poop. Oh, poop. Not, also, not now that I'm pooping. dating, like uh. 
I've had a great time tonight, but you need to leave, or I need to go outside and open my asshole wide so you can't hear my butt cheeks flap. It's 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 a. It's, I don't like that. It's all comedy. It's all comedy. Um, oh, it's bad. Gun and there's other movies called Gun Shy, so make sure you are not watching the one with Liam Neeson or Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Oliver Platt's kind of funny, but it's terrible. But it, it does seem like just when I was looking at it on the list, I'm like, oh, I thought these kind of Liam Neeson movies happen way later. And like, oh, this is, this could trick someone into thinking like, this is not a taken mm. kind of film. Mm-hmm. Do not get this. If that's the kind of Liam Neeson you're looking for. Mm. No. But this is him against type and no. that he's not playing like a poor Welsh dude, like willing to box for his family's food or whatever the fuck else. My mom was seeing him in around this time. Yeah. I'm no. sorry. I mean, I'm really starting to feel that modern day Liam Neeson has some stuff that I will watch, but mm. I know going into it that it's going to pretty not great. Um, I don't think he's going to be nominated for anything anytime soon. Let's just put it that way. But he's had some real misses. Has he? Yeah. yeah. I think his his uh, stats are more miss than hit, honestly. It's difficult to know because I, I didn't know who he was. And my mom was obsessed with him. would see everything he was in. Yeah. And she would tell me about the movie when she came back from it, the movie that I'd never see. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what Rob Roy's about? Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, but a movie I was. Look, there are two kinds of moms. Rob Roy moms and Last of the Mohican moms. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, the movie yeah. I Last of w- Mohican mom right here. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Last of the Mohican mom. Loud and clear. Loud and proud. Yeah. Uh, the movie I was interested in seeing was number one at the box office that mm. week. It was supposed to be the swan song for this whole series. Uh, Dion Richmond. for a decade. For about a decade, yeah. Uh, Parker Posey. Jenny McCarthy. McDreamy, Patrick Dempsey, uh, Courtney Cox, Arquette, oof, uh, Nev Campbell, and David Arquette in Scream 3. Hello, Sydney. Welcome to the final act. There is one mystery more terrifying than you know. Who is this? There is one secret that can never be revealed until the end. Yeah, behind you! What do you know about trilogies? All I know about movie trilogies is that in the third one, all bets are off. Scream three. Don't panic. Ah! Friday, February 4th. Oh, man. I love this movie. (laughs) This is not bad. I really enjoy it. Oh, I... uh, uh, It does everything I want it to do. Did you watch it recently? Yes, I watched it this weekend. I watched it. I watched it last night, and there are parts of it I really like. And it, I somehow it never dawned on me. It's like, oh, I like Scream because I don't like slasher movies, but I do like mysteries. And Scream movies are actually mysteries. Yes, mm-hmm. different killer with every a time. Bunch of mm-hmm. Slasher violence in mm-hmm. them. Um, and so some of the mystery on this one was sort of, oh, it was a bit ham fisted. But the behind the scenes that like all the murders are taking place in Hollywood on the set of Stab Three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was great. Obviously, Parker Posey elevates everything she's in. Oh, she was fucking she hilarious. So good in this. I just love her so much. It's, it feels like one of the mo- most mainstream movies she's ever been in. Yeah. This movie yeah. was a really big deal when it came out. because So I have a specific memory of this film because – so it came out in February mm-hmm. in theaters. Valentine's that makes, Day? No. Oh. I, I was – not really. No. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day hand job. But by the time. Hey, you see my... a shadow over here in the Scream 3 movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is what I did every Groundhog Day. I popped my own Groundhog Day. <laughs> Never mind. Me okay. alone. 
<laughs> I was not following that. Um, um, but my birthday's in August, and I was so excited for the sleepover because the centerpiece of my birthday sleepover would be renting and watching Scream <laughs> 3 with all my gal pals. That is such planning. And we watched, yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, this is the movie, this is going to be our centerpiece. And mm-hmm. it was so much fun. And it was definitely one of those situations where I was like, guys, I promise, this is going to be great. And I know they all hated me and just wanted to watch like whatever the never been kids yeah something like that basically <laughs> but i was like no we have to watch scream 3 because i was obsessed with scream 2 uh, and well, it was so, and i might have been the only person who liked it but i still loved it scream is weirdly one of the sturdiest horror franchises i think it's it's my favorite it's it, this is not As a this is my least person. favorite scream and i've only seen parts yeah. of four but it's still i, I don't hate it like it's, it's not it's not an affront yeah i don't i don't hate it yeah, I mean it, it was fine. Yeah, but up until this I point, just, every I just every found third some of it disappointing because I mean some of the problem is that they keep having to wrap everything up into like the the same characters and the same problems and the same you know uh, her mom and her mother's murder and stuff and they like address that in mm-hmm. the in the you know fourth wall breaking really of the movie of saying like look in the third if you're doing a trilogy the third movie has to go back around to the where we began mm-hmm. and deal with that stuff so. It's like, okay, that was cute. Not all the time, just with Wes Craven because of how good fucking Dream Warriors is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, But I was surprised to find out, like, oh, they toned down the violence in this because of Columbine? Right. Mm. That's the The studio asked them to take out a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. And so it is barely an R. It's the reason why it's set in Hollywood and not in back in their small town Mm. because it was going to be a story kind of set in and around the high school again um, because mm. of Columbine they had to basically rework mm. the script you read a little bit about the making of this one movie and the writing of the script and there's a lot of mythology mm. around it there are a lot of jokes because it's a movie within a movie story mm. as well stab they're filming stab three it's 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 our shadow of the vampire before it comes out sure um, <laughs> as I'm gonna say correctly yes and so there's a lot of jokes in it about on the set of Stab 3 about, oh, they're changing the script every single day. And, like, it's so hard to keep up and blah, blah, blah for the actors. And that was actually apparently happening on mm. Scream 3 because they mm. kept changing the story. And they shot three different endings. And they kept, you know, reworking it over and over again. I think that probably – you can see that a little bit probably in the script. Mm. But I still find it to be a really fun – third I do too. movie i do i too. mean what do you like it's so 90s it's, it's, it's the first but that's time okay. wes craven mm-hmm. has directed the third movie in something he created mm-hmm. and it's the only time that happened mm. uh it's it, it connects to the uh jay and silent bob view yes. universe for no yes. reason yeah it does for no reason <laughs> also carrie fisher's in it Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Carrie Fisher was funny too. She's great, and she looked smoking too. She looked really mm-hmm. good. But yeah, I I just had such a fun experience rewatching this and mm-hmm. revisiting it from my uh, col- or high school freshman days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, it was a bit funnier and more you know mystery based than I was expecting. So I hadn't seen this before. I'd only seen Scream One and Two, mm. and. But, yeah, it's like, well, if you like the Scream movies, this might be your least favorite. Or maybe it's your most favorite because it's so much more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. But, it, it's again, it's like the whole mystery thing is like, it's it's oddly complicated. Mm-hmm. And it takes, like, okay, how, so this guy, he's got this vendetta, the person who turns out to be the killer. It's like, but how did that guy end up with the job that he had? to be part of the stab franchise which is based on murders that is based on his life 
Well, because he probably that was very complicated. Was... But he says like he hasn't that he hadn't made a horror movie before. Like he got hired for this gig by this other person who turns out to be involved, but doesn't know it. Well, it was very convenient. I thought it was implied that this guy was kicking around Hollywood for a while, and that the producer, who was the one who was throwing these wild parties did know who mm-hmm. he was and that's how he like threw him a bone basically by giving Ooh. him the franchise because it was at the producers parties that the mother got involved with you know this weird roman plansky sex party situation basically mm. yeah but i will say my favorite thing about this movie it's got a cameo from Roger Corman as the head of the studio. Yes. That's so good. Yeah. And that made me happy. I'm like, so yes, good. give that man a whole studio. You're damn right. And it's, Put him in charge. It is very, I think it's another one of those movies just like uh, that em, are, is emblematic of the turnover of the century. It's still very 90s mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but it's also like we're coming into the 2000s. Things are we're really starting to see some of the fashions that we're going to be seeing for the next couple of years now mm-hmm. with the yeah. the way people are uh, dressing and their hairstyles. White lapels. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, low-slung jeans and mm-hmm. the haircuts and everything, and I really love all that. And just, again, to reiterate, Parker Posey. Yeah. She's so she good in so this. She's so funny. And I, I can't, she is so funny She's in this. the best. As, as someone who is <clears throat> embarrassed by how much they love Jay and Silent Bob reboot, not all of it, but there's a couple moments in it that are just so beautiful. The movie weirdly ties into Jane Silent Bob Strike Back when they're on the same lot. Why? As, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. And Wes Craven is there, so it doesn't technically make sense. Mm-hmm. People love monkeys. <laughs> we love this monkey. See? Mm-hmm. It's a great Wes Craven moment in mm-hmm. Jane Silent Bob. Never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never mind. Let's move into television. Yeah. And then watch. you get to watch Jimmy McCarthy get stabbed instead of what she's supposed to do, which is die of whooping cough. Or measles. <laughs> I also allow measles. Oh, yep. poor Jenny McCarthy. Um, she's fine. She's my second favorite she McCarthy. Is. Right after uh, Senator McCarthy. No, I... <laughs> I, I <laughs> um, <laughs> moving into television of 2000, January 31st through uh, February 6th, the Oxygen Channel debuts. Ooh, a big... A Ooh. boon for women who love stories about people getting murdered. Well, it was the yeah. woman channel, and, and it was the, uh, mm-hmm. the Oprah Post Show occurred here and it was very much a lifetime ripoff and i was a little shocked to look like this is a true crime network geared towards women yeah and i realized i was gonna quiz you like can someone name me your favorite oxygen show bad girls club that was on there i can confirm that exists (laughs) boom boom uh yeah the oxygen channel i remember it debuting as kind of like an edgier lifetime oh really okay so it started out like that yeah yeah i think lifetime was kind of geared towards people who are into golden girls and designing women reruns Mm -hmm. just just women as long as it's women i don't give a fuck yeah yeah Mm -hmm. pretty much and then i'll watch mad max and delta burke back to back look if you want a picture in your mind i always picture lifetime as colored in pastels Mm -hmm. and the oxygen channel Mm -hmm. is more of a magenta Ooh, the shiplap channel. <laughs> Anyone who's familiar with those two channels will get what I'm saying. I, 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 know, I know you know what you're talking about. I do. Because reading about it, I thought was what it is now is 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 your fucking lady murder porn it channel. Is, yeah. It's all is. I'm looking at the current lineup, and it's buried in the backyard. Cold justice, criminal confessions, <laughs> dateline secrets no, no, uncovered. The, the, the DNA of murder with Paul Holes. What's up? Hot for Holes. The, uh, dying to belong. <laughs> Fix my mom. It's the only one now. We got to the F's before we got to 
fix my not mom. murder. The, in the, ice cold blood, the, the it takes new, a killer, the jury speaks. The old logo could have gone on like a sanitary napkin. And the new logo <laughs> is literally police tape. Like that's that's where the Oxygen <laughs> Network's logo is. It's true. It's so weird. You ladies are so I didn't fucked realize, up. I there's didn't... three iterations of Snapped. Yeah. I didn't know that. There's Snapped, Snap Killer Couples, and Snapped, She Made Me Do It. Why are ladies so obsessed with watching how men will murder them? Look, I am not. So we are prepared for when someone tries it. I see. I see. That's my purse! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I cannot understand the true murder, true crime obsession because it scares the crap out of me. I'm not immune. I just figured you guys would be scared when we talk about content warnings and shit like Jesus Christ, like this could happen to you anytime. Men are awful. I am scared her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I keep Should my mace you more. poised at all times during the podcast. Oh, just, and I'm also <laughs> mad. Why do we have to be in the same genre as all these fucking murder shows that are so much more intriguing than ours? Mm. And this woman was walking down the street and was murdered 15 times. <laughs> 15 times. <laughs> Um, all right. Also on the third, Friends, the ones with Rachel's sister, uh, guest starring Reese Without Her Spoon. Yes. And, and Frasier, Big Crane on campus, starring Gene Smart. Yeah. Guest starring. Oh, I loved when Gene Smart would be on, on Frasier. too. I love. Put your brother well. on the phone. Put your brother on the phone. That <laughs> was like 80% of her dialogue was yeah. her talking to her adult, <laughs> talking to her kids at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling, put your brother on the phone. Her character is so great. In Frasier, she mm-hmm. plays his uh, ex, I think, high school sweetheart, maybe college sweetheart, and then she comes mm-hmm. back into his life and they start dating again. But she's kind of like crude in a mm-hmm. way; doesn't really fit in with his highbrow lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. he still finds her very alluring, and I just loved all of their storylines because she really did. Gene Smart is great, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that she is underrated because Who is I think Gene she's. Smart? know gene smart i need you to explain it to me for well, the audience's she sake she got her start on designing women oh and then more please. she uh shows up watchmen. in everything she's in the watchman yes i was oh. gonna end with that okay <laughs> ah. you're not doing the birthday quiz don't do that to me <laughs> lead, lead with the easiest one for me for the audience to get sure right but yeah she's usually one of the best things in everything she does mm. and yeah. then yeah the whole i is this like what winter sweeps or i guess maybe they're getting back everything's coming back from yeah because to have two big shows with two big guest stars i mean reese witherspoon is fucking huge yeah she's one of the biggest actresses in the world and she her character in friends is really fun she plays Mm. the brattier younger sister Mm. so my friend's heads of Rachel. My friends heads know that Rachel has two sisters. One of them is played by Christina Applegate and the other one's played by Reese Witherspoon. They're She's both wonderful. Like a hot family. Right? <laughs> great hair. Yes. So oh much great God. hair. There's that's not fair. There's always one that's like, well Yeah. She's like got the bad mix of genes. Mm. Come on. There's gotta be one. They just don't talk about her. Yeah, I'm not gonna lean towards that. Oh, too. she's in the attic, they feed her fish heads. Okay, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> And uh, on on the the fourth, I'm pissed. I looked into this because it sent me down a rabbit hole. Like I, I guess I don't understand sliders. It's the sliders yep. finale. Well, I mean, I do. And, and just like as a Rick and Morty fan, I love that. Like they very much deal, dealt with portals to alternate universes, not different timelines, uh, mm-hmm. alternate realities, mm-hmm. and we're constantly trying to make their way back to their uh, reality. But it was a it was a smaller world where this this kind of really popular Fox network television show uh, always struggled in the ratings but was like 
critically it did pretty well and like had a huge fan okay. base. And it moved over to sci-fi for its last two years mm-hmm. and gradually couldn't afford its own cast. And just reading oh. that like – so Jerry O'Connell merges with his brother to create a new character. They just call by their last name that's a new actor. And the last two – like it's Yikes. it gets crazy. Like I always wonder what oh. happened to Natalie from Sports Night, but she's on this show. Oh, okay. Um, Sabrina Lloyd, <laughs> um, uh, one of the cutest 90s ladies ever. True. Uh, and, but the Sliders finale happens now, and I could not find a ton of details that I understood <laughs> about, <laughs> about what this meant. Because like I, I think it was like Quantum Leap but with um, dimensions. Right. Uh, different dimensions, and they were always trying to find their way home. And I read about a cliffhanger that sounded like – it couldn't have been the cliffhanger because the fin- it had two years on Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. This is where we enter in a weird corporate world because Universal, like movie companies, are still making. Uh, they 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 were originally weren't allowed to own studios, and so Universal has always made television shows for everyone. And they made sliders for Fox, and then Fox's cancels it, and like, well, fuck you, we own the Sci-Fi Channel. We're going to keep sliders going, and they ah. did for two more years. Hmm. Uh, and, and that's gotta be a good story if you're a fan of sliders. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that couldn't have ever happened before. There's a bunch of Star Trek yeah. fans out there who would die for two bad, more bad seasons of TOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't really wrap my head around it, and I don't, I don't know what's special about sliders. I don't know anything about it. So, this is where There's you guys in the fans, comments have yeah. to come, come to the table. Mm-hmm. I know there are people who yeah. will go to bat for sliders. Don't try and convince me to watch it. Just tell me what was good about it. Because I want to appreciate this. Mm Because for some reason, I like Jerry Jerry O'Connell and John Rhys-Davies and uh, Sabrina Lloyd being on a show together. Like It makes me very happy. Yeah, Yeah, I remember it's one of those where it's like, every time I caught this, oh, this is pretty cute. Yeah. You know, there'd be sort of a laugh. There'd be an interesting sci-fi idea going on in there. It was, you know, fun group, you know, with their little dynamic and bickering and joking and it's fine. You know, I remember when they were showing promos for this because this had, was already happening that a show would get canceled, then Sci Fi Channel would just run those like 12 to 20 episodes over and over. And I remember mm-hmm. like, I think I can catch that later. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to tune in on Tuesday, but like if Sci Fi Channel aired, this gets canceled and Sci Fi Channel uh, airs it, I'll watch it there. Mm-hmm. Um, sliders, though. Sliders, everyone. Um, and SNL on the 5th. Oh, what a good episode, I think. And it's just—it's weird to say with your host Alan Cumming, musical guest Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, oh. a struggling musician at the. No, that wasn't the case at all. She's way more famous <laughs> than Alan Cumming. And I. What a wonderful combination! I love both of those people. Yeah. They're yeah. both wonderful. And it—it's to me a good episode, but it has one really wonderful standout sketch, okay. and I wanted to surprise you with it, but I can't because I don't—I'm truncating it. Uh, it's. Uncle Jemima's mash liquor. Oh, yes. <laughs> I do remember this. It's Tracy Morgan as an Uncle Remus type character who's followed by oh, animated no. birds yes. in, in a antebellum South mm-hmm. uh, who is sick of his pancake making lady getting all the credit. <laughs> do what you know. And I know liquor. <laughs> I know boots. <laughs> it ends with one of my favorite lines ever that it's, it's too visual. You'll never get it. But Sarah will laugh. And that'll indicate that I'm right. He is followed by animated birds the whole time. Not unlike Song of the South. Oh, and yes, uh, Tracy Morgan also plays Aunt Jemima. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. I'm sure I'm going to get... Am I going to get canceled I, for advocating the sketch? Nah. <laughs> Uncle Jemima's pure man schnooker has a 95% alcohol content, and that's per volume. What the hell does that mean? That means you get f***ed up for less money. 
poker, brother. Oh, buy some of my pure mash liquor and let's show that old bitch that gets money to swell and just making pancakes. Pancakes is ready. Oh, you shut up, woman. You're not gonna ruin this for me. What you swatting at? Uncle Jemima. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing about the sketch is Tim Meadows' reaction. Not the uh, uh, racism. Uh, but but whatever. Um, fun sketch. Uh, on, and then on the 6th, some pr- The Sopranos. The Sopranos. Airs a very important episode. Commendatori. Mm. Commendatori. 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 Yes. And, and like the biggest, uh, the biggest one is, um, I remember we... Joked about this with my Italian friends. The Wops go west. Uh, they, yeah, I can say that. Oh, it's um, so true. They, 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 they go to Italy for the first time, uh-huh. and a number of interesting things happen here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, new things happen here. I believe Chris Moltisanti tries heroin for the first time. So is that mm-hmm. no? Yeah, I don't think it's the first time. No, I think because it is. Aid was talking in the previous episode about him leaving his needles around and stuff. I think, but I think oh. heroin was. I could be wrong, but I thought heroin was now, or at least we never saw him doing it before. Right. Maybe, 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 a lot. maybe that, he kicked temporarily, but then he, he immediately runs into a guy who's got a track mark, and they spend the entire fucking trip in the hotel room high. That it, is the saddest part of this episode yeah. to me. I yeah. mean, it's, I, it's like if you went to, on a trip you were waiting for your whole life and got sick and had to stay in the hotel room, but you were heroin sick. But you're, you're sick. dope sick. You're, yeah. Your brain is sick, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's such a sad sad situation because the whole episode he's talking about all the things he wants to do in Italy because he's never been before and he wants to go see the ruins and he wants to go to a topless beach and get Adriana <laughs> like these wonderful presents and instead he spends the entire time completely drugged out in a hotel yeah. room and it is so sad I just Christopher is probably my favorite character on the sopranos Thank and you. i hate mm-hmm. seeing him like this because he's just so lovable don't disrespect the pizza parlor <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many other great parts of this oh, trip yeah. because everyone's having a different trip yes <laughs> everyone's and experiencing it all of tony's crew wants to go to italy to negotiate this deal and mm-hmm. only three people get to go and everyone's a little jealous and paulie is just the biggest ugly american i've ever seen <laughs> in my life my, my, my favorite line is subtitled so i can't play it for you he's like and now dinner is served he's like what the fuck this is this, this is like clam with no noodles and someone's like man you thought the you thought the dutch were classless pieces of shit <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> he just wants like Noodle, macaroni and gravy. Yeah, macaroni and gravy. Little, yeah. little ketchup. Yeah, it's he's having the time of his life, mm-hmm. and it is so fun to watch him just walk around. Like, yes, I've returned to the homeland, and everyone else is like, "Look at this." And I, I don't know how Tony had this this <laughs> this bargaining chip. It's also like a uh, the Italian mafia is supposed to be like even set further back, yet they have a woman boss, which mm-hmm. is really hard for mm. both people in Italy and. A very Our, sexual yeah. boss. And then they have a little sexual tension, tension. but nothing else happens. And even though there is a really fun fantasy sequence. Um, but what I love is that it's, <laughs> it's the debut of Furio. Mm-hmm. And hey. if you ever wonder where he came from, um, this is the episode. And I don't know how Tony negotiated. I don't know how the – this is going to surprise you, you racist. I, Christopher Antista. The sixth. <laughs> don't know how the mafia works. And I don't know how Tony goes over there and like – 
all right, I'll give you the cost for 85 grand, but you give me Furio. I'm like, a human being? Like, <laughs> Trafficking, <laughs> you, man. You drop one of your best guys? You like yeah. bring over, like, what the fuck? It's just a car. He's got the classiest ponytail. Don't permanently give them, them Furio, which is <laughs> one of my favorite Sopranos cast members. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because when you see what's going ho- going on back at home, Big Pussy is trying to reintegrate back into his home life. Mm-hmm. And you get to see his wife... Who, you know... That's messed Carm, up. Carm is like, oh, you must be so glad he's back. And, you know, getting back to their home life. And Angie Piansaro? How do you say it? Bumpinsaro. 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 Angie Pussy. There's been a thousand romantic plays of like, <laughs> my husband died in the war and I start dating his best friend. And right. he comes back and like, oh, I love them all so much. And like this time Pussy comes back and he's like... I fucking hated him, and I'm yes. glad he was gone, and I cannot believe he reappeared out of it nowhere. It makes me want to vomit. That's may- <laughs> what she said when she yeah. heard him coming. And don't ever say that. God is, don't, God is listening. Yeah, and Carm is really <laughs> spending the episode trying to convince her, like, no, this is a good thing. He's such a family man. He loves your kids so much. Da-da-da. And Angie's just not having it. And I have to say, go, girl. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. Carm is really fully bought Even we see her later it. working in a fucking Costco. That's... And Carm has a giant nightmare. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my god, that could be me. Yeah, <laughs> I still think probably Angie got the better way out. Mm-hmm. But yep. yeah, Carm is... And when you watch Carm trying to convince Angie not to divorce her husband and not to leave the life behind, it looks like she's trying to convince herself. herself yes. She's really oh, trying yeah. to tell herself, like, no, this is okay. This is all right. He Doesn't comes and matter. goes whenever he wants. It's like a giant piece of trauma every time. No, it's okay. It's, it's fine. okay. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, the gumas. Mm. But you made, a, you made a promise before God. It's fine. Yeah. It's really interesting to watch those two play out together. I, I think that might be the more interesting thing. In the episode, because, like, I mean, other than Furio, like, not a lot comes out of this. It's right. just, like, you finally get to see mm. the Jersey Italian people go to Italy for, I think, it's all of their first times. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that that's it. And, like, mm-hmm. and like maybe if you were making a checklist as a fan of The Sopranos, they do that. Mm-hmm. It happens mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. But the, the rest of it, like, the Carmen... Um, Angie Bombazzaro stuff like that that will follow the series oh yeah throughout well and it kind of sets up a little bit too with Carm you know trying to convince Angie that this life is a good life and then Mm -hmm. us knowing that Furio Mm -hmm. is coming Furio what's his name they call him (laughs) Furio but it is it would be Furio Furio Furio. I I don't know how to pronounce anybody's Mm -hmm. name Um, but he's coming Mm -hmm. and he is going to represent something for Carm it's going to be a problem. He's going to beat up an Asian lady in like two episodes that is so vicious and weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I but, but that's part of the reason why Tony wants him. Because yep. there's a scene where little kid is like lighting firecrackers, lighting firecrackers mm-hmm. and everyone thinks it's a gun. And then Fortio finds this little kid and beats the shit out of him. And Tony's looking at this like, yeah, that's what we need back I, in the States. I remember I remember that because I, I remember the subtitles verbatim. He's, he's like, uh, no, I want to be one of you. And this is how you go about it? Bah! <laughs> like smacked on the streets of Italy. Mm-hmm. God, I love the Sopranos. Sorry. I I'm not, I know we need I'm not a theme song at well. this point for just Sopranos Corner. <laughs> Sopranos <laughs> Corner. Mm-hmm. Sopranos Corner. Woke this morning. <laughs> Long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sopranos rules, and you should watch it. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, yep. it, there's not a lot of stuff I think you totally need to revisit, but the Sopranos and the Simpsons is mm-hmm. it reshaped the way we watch TV in different decades. Truly, um, and, yep. and, and 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 they both to 
The Sopranos better than The Simpsons holds up really good. Oh, yeah. And really I also well. have to say on a side note, I just love the whole Andrea Bocelli is constantly playing throughout this episode, basically in various <laughs> scenes, the famous song that we all know, Time to Say Goodbye. And sure. the ladies love it. They're like all closing their <laughs> eyes and like tearing up. And meanwhile, that is, I mean, it's beautiful, but it is the most basic shit in the world. I mean, like, it really is fun to revisit this and be like, oh, yeah, all these mob wives are just basic bitches. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And uh, moving the game to 2000, January 31st to February 6th. Uh, man, just in time for the first annual Dreamcast Championship. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know what esports looked like back then. And I swear to God, I tried to find what this was. But I could not. Uh, I think people played Sonic Adventure uh, uh, competitively. <laughs> I'm not sure how you do that. There's several portions of it where Sonic runs by himself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you do that. But uh, uh, just in time for that, Resident Evil Code Veronica is released. Um, I think Capcom wanted to take advantage of the, the high sales and the uh, low software movement of the Dreamcast. And ended up hmm. releasing... A more technologically advanced version of Resident Evil on the Dreamcast, a system fewer people owned, sold well on the like in context of the Dreamcast, but not near as, as well as other Resident Evil entries. So this was going to be ported, but if you're um, a Resident Evil fan and you're looking at all the remakes that have been happening with 1, 2, and 3, this technically should be next. But this started out n- not like the Resident Evils where the camera wasn't static and the backgrounds didn't move. This is a, a moving camera. This is a next-gen uh, Resident Evil game. Uh, I don't love it very much, but I know a ton of people do, and a lot of people missed it given its exclusivity, but it eventually reached PS2 and GameCube, but it's, yeah, it might be next or second in line for whatever the fuck Capcom's remake cycle is, but even even bigger than that, we dun, dun, dun. we get to the best-selling PC game of all time. Get out of the way, Mist. It's time for The Sims. And, 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 I, I again, I don't know anything else like this because, like, my dad bought me SimCity because he heard about it. Mm. My dad mm-hmm. hears about like two games a year, mm-hmm. even to this day. Whatever NPR is talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And like they were talking, <laughs> they were talking about SimCity, but like everyone was talking about The Sims. It was a big deal. It was a really yeah. big deal, mm. and it, it sold it sold millions of copies in its first week. I think went on to sell like sixteen million copies as a base game, and then had like it, it's. Tough to know because I think they're uh, like, you know, PUBG and Minecraft um, and World of Warcraft have outsold Sims since then. But, uh, mm-hmm. dude, there were like 16 expansions for this game that people bought as well. Like, I don't know. I think people might have put more money. You, somebody knows, but you you could argue that people put more money into the Sims uh, as a one, one big product. If you can count the expansions, hmm. The Sims, but The Sims became the best-selling PC game of all time to be surpassed later on. But uh, I don't, I don't think you can overshadow. You can't, you can't overblow The Sims at all. No, no. If it's a game even I can play and mm. will throw away hours and hours and hours at it because it's just a fucking sandbox. It's whatever it is you want it to be. Yeah, I just had that Sim City. Like, I, I, I got the idea of being a god and building a city and fighting dragons and brownouts. But like, the idea of like the the idea of straddling a pile of my own laundry and walking to my computer to manage someone else's home, like, <laughs> I just thought was ridiculous. And I never could get into this because it just seemed like one of those PC game busy work things. That I'm clicking a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but to what end? Yeah, because uh, I mean, The Sims is 
it's it's a dollhouse like you get to just mess around and just build whatever you want and populate it with whatever you want and do whatever you want with them so uh i immediately wanted to make a graveyard so i made a bunch of sims and killed them all in the pool <laughs> you put them in the pool and then you take the ladder away and then they die just so i could have a graveyard and then just design a crazy fucking house of just randomness and uh, i never did much for them ever make them have jobs or anything or clean up or you know sometimes i put them in a room that's made entirely out of fireplaces and take the door away <laughs> I know. I mean, that's like the first fun thing to do is come up with creative ways to kill them. I know what you're talking about. It, it is. It is. It is fun to play the Tralfamadorian for my Vonnegut ah. fans out there, and put human beings in a terrarium. Terraria, by uh, by the way, outsold The Sims. I didn't know that. Terraria. Hmm. Oh. Uh, that's that's the next one up. Uh, but but yeah, it's fucking Sims, man. Like um, this penetrated in a way that like games don't normally do. To where like I think most everybody knows what this is. Mm. Yeah, my mother-in-law loves it. Right. I mean, come on. Right. And yeah, it, there's there's some something for everyone here. You could do whatever goofy shit you want. I got a bunch of goofy ass skins, and had really bizarre combinations of, of people in my house, which I would decorate any way you wanted. Um, what was the one I played? Oh shoot, there's one with this, with travel. I I didn't like like having kids or making families, but there was mm-hmm. one with travel that basically had like a puzzle element to it hmm. i mean i remember and that the, was so much fun the big expansion one of the big expansions we'll hear about in the next segment but another one was just pets <laughs> they sold a, yeah. a separate version for for like dozens of dollars that just included pets hmm. but it, like but you can't overshadow like what a programming feat this was like to, to get humans to be to get these creations to behave like humans and they do and they make mistakes, and different shit happens every time. Hmm. You can't really recreate any sim scenario, no matter how hard you try, right, Time? Yeah, I mean, you can create any scenario. You can recreate any scenario. Um, I remember, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. People basically using it as a storytelling device. It's like they would mm-hmm. set up their sims in a certain way, take a, take a screenshot of it, and have it be like a storybook. And I remember seeing people do, like... After 9-11, it was like telling a story of someone, how they found out about 9-11 with their fucking Sims. Wow. You know, of just like, and then she started calling, oh no, her brother was in New York. And there's like a Sim standing next to a TV. And it was like, this is the weirdest, the weirdest thing, man. It is. I think one of the weirder things about it, and you have to take this in the context of us being old people, the next Sims game was The Sims Online, Hmm. followed Hmm. by The Sims 2 which was online and all mm-hmm. the games were online after that, but this is the only one that wasn't. So it like, it had an easier time being ported to other systems. And I remember buying my girlfriend this and just like, I remember just like, Oh, that, that fucking Antonio Banderas celebration gift. Like I got her into video games. So I can do whatever <laughs> I want. All I have to do is buy another TV. God damn it. This <laughs> sucks. But, uh, but yeah, like uh, this, this one over everybody, this penetrated, yeah. This is the, the zeitgeist in a way that most games do not, and like, and I I do find it weird that most of the time when that happens, it's a PC game. Hmm. Yeah, it hmm. shouldn't be. It should, I shouldn't find it weird because most people, uh, except for waning every day, we move forward. But uh, but most people own this console and don't right. even know it. Yeah, and The Sims showed them that they had this console, mm-hmm. and 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 a ton yeah. of people got interested. 
Yeah. And you can just spend your whole day decorating, building a house, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have people doing anything. Just I, I personally. Even to their own devices, whatever. I love that. I hated entering, entering the people into the equation. Because mm-hmm. the people upset what you've just made <laughs> and and uh oh and die so or like leave the oven on and like like weird shit like that will happen just like in sim city like people will make mistakes and die and, and eventually kill their babies uh <laughs> this, this is the thing that yep. happened i don't remember the you get, get down in this one could you fuck i don't remember if you could yet hmm. or if that came later where you could you know woohoo with people woohoo after you know you became really good friends and then you like you kissed them and you flattered them and you maybe gave them a present or something to have like this positive interaction with them yeah right. and that would be like random shit i would do of just like You're just giving away ha- my dating secrets now yeah just <laughs> i would just create a, a random ass uh character um i think i had bono's head on a floating chair for a while that was a skin and just had him like romance the whole neighborhood <laughs> and then those people would get jealous and fight each other it's 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 uh again it's if you know programming at all this is a huge feat in 2000 to get this to yeah. work because they they talked about it for a long time it was much easier to get a city to behave in a recognizable way it was a lot harder to get people uh to behave in a recognizable way when you got to dictate their environment no kidding and and it, it really was a tough tough game to make and uh, mm-hmm. hats off to the people at Maxis if they still exist yeah yes I'm sure I. I never went looking for. I'm sure there's a hack where you can turn off needing to eat or sleep or go to the bathroom oh, because, sure. like, that's always the point where it's just like, ah, I don't want to. Just like real life, I don't want to make yeah. food. I want to do something interesting. Mm-hmm. I have to keep editing podcasts. I can't eat. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Yeah. I hate being a human being. Sims. <laughs> I want to go out and annoy the neighbors and go into my haunted graveyard next to my death pool. Ugh, I uh. gotta take a shower. Ugh. No, but they, 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 no, I'm doing Lilat speak. That's not Simulish. It's not true Simulish. I know our no. buddy uh, Dan recorded a couple songs in Simulish for one of these oh my God. at some point. Um, but yeah, we will talk about that more, even more. I just, I'm just glad Diana never gets to talk about in depth about a game. I know. I this know. Is fun. Yeah, this is yeah. It. literally probably this Sim City and maybe Civilization Three. I think it was Three? that I played. Hmm. Yeah, well, even that, I I kind of just had one pretty awesome empire, and then it's like, well, it's not going to get better than this. I'm never playing this again. I'm going out on top, <laughs> baby. for everyone. Yep. Uh, well, My massive Zulu empire has spread Judaism throughout the world. We have nuclear weapons <laughs> pointed at our enemies. We're good. Yes. Bye. Uh, God, all hail Emperor Diarrhea in my universe. Uh, but uh, We'll close out with Creed's What If from Screen 3 and I hate. I both hate you, Diana, but like it's important to remember, Creed exists, and some people it's bought true. this album, and it's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my whole life. It's like a pale imitation of music. The yep. song or the whole album? The, the Creed in general. Oh, okay. The yeah. Scream yeah. Three soundtrack I won't speak for because the Scream Two t- soundtrack. That's where I was at. Whoa. Masterpiece Scream. Oh, <laughs> that was a masterpiece. The only song I remember from watching the movie is Red Right Hand, which is... Because it's in every of them. Yeah. It's every one of them. And I love yeah. it very much. I love that song so much. Me but too. yeah, I had to see, okay, well, I'm, I know this had a soundtrack, so let's see, because there are a bunch of songs in it, and it's like, all right, I need to find the tie-in video one. That's oh. all I wanted. Oh, yeah. That's the Creed oh What If God. has the tie-in video our hometown heroes. How does Scott 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 Stat pretend to be Jesus in this video? I can't even imagine. 
<laughs> he does it in every video. He's resurrected or he heals the he heals the poor. It's fucking ridiculous. That guy's the yeah. stupidest human being. You know. This is an example where therapy would have gone a long way. Oh. Saved us all a lot of trouble. Yeah. A lot of heartbreak, Chris. Yeah, saves a lot of time on the radio. Yeah. But what if we had to endure it and so do you? Because uh, it's 2000. But when we get back, you'll be 10 years in the future, and it won't matter. So fuck Creed. See you then. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Maybe Anton Yelchin, and I would guess Kobe. There's probably footage of this happening, but... Uh, Erwin and Left Eye, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, definitely have videos, like video footage of them, their deaths. A well, video well, the camera. one that the video footage caused the death, we, we have to mention it, is Princess Die. Oh, I guess, yeah. Jesus Christ. 97, 36 years old. Mm-hmm. And that always blows my mind when I outlive people that seemed older to me. I mean, at this point, Chris, we've both outlived Jesus, who died at 33. Jeez. So you got that going for you. Died in a... An auto accident, but it was caused by paparazzi chasing yep. her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I only remember my personal connection was that is I remember I got back from the beach with this girl I had liked for like a year, but didn't seem to like me as much. Finally, seemed like she was giving, and I was so elated. I remember I walked in, and her mother's like, "Princess Di is dead." I'm like, "Who? Oh, oh. well, yeah. These things happen." And I'm like, "La di da." I do a little Archie kick to my feet and whistle out the door. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I didn't. I, it didn't affect me at all. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast, every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of january 31st through february 6th a couple recommends for you uh let's start with 50 years ago this week 1970 saw the release of an incredibly silly movie that i feel like not a lot of people have seen called start the revolution without me with gene wilder and donald sutherland as a corsican brothers kind of thing with like mismatched twins you know, two sets of mismatched twins, and then it has to do with the French Revolution, and it is really, really silly, but they are both a ton of fun in it. And then, solid recommend one of these that's like, oh, this week? Well, now I don't have to do any work, because this week, 80 years ago this week, 1940, saw the release of The Grapes of Wrath, the film version of John Steinbeck novel, directed by John Ford, starring Henry Fonda, Jane Dardwell, John Carradine. Um, what's weird, I guess, about this is that the Grapes of Wrath we think of as like, this is one of those great American novels, and they always make us read it in high school. But then it was a brand new book. It was brand new. And it's like, we're going to make a book, a movie out of this big hit book that everybody's talking about. And 
you know, because it's about this, you know, poor family from Oklahoma. They lose their farm in the Great Depression. They become migrants. They try to make it to California to find a better life. And it's made, like, it feels very, very of the time. Like, it feels like a documentary sometimes because the Great Depression was still going on, kind of. It's kind of ending. It was getting better. Uh, so it feels very, very real. And also, considering it's made by John Ford, who is very man's man kind of director, it feels, like, very sensitive and moving. And it's one of the best adaptations of all time, I think. It's really well acted. It's gorgeously shot. It's given lots of room to breathe and feel and think about stuff. And it's one of the very first bunch of movies that was put into the National Film Registry of the U.S. So it's important. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, I mean, if you read the book and you're like, oh, no, this is going to feel like homework, it ends up being very enjoyable and you end up caring about the characters a lot. So Grapes of Wrath 1940, that's it for this week. Stay classic. My word, Prom Queen by Lil Wayne. That was not that was not a Lil Wayne song I was expecting. Yeah. I'd never heard that song before. No, so this me, is me neither. Off of his album Rebirth, which was his rock album that he put out, basically. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, Lil Wayne, keep it interesting. Uh, welcome yeah. to 2010. With January 31st through February 6th, we also have These Hopeful Machines by BT, which is not bonus time. Mm. Patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs> um, Matt cries on it this week. Next week, it's all about Disney. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you cry. Yes, I will. <laughs> I love them so much. During the story administration. No, it'll be, it, I, I'm digging up bodies. Ooh. It'll be so much fun. Patreon.com slash later time. The Courage of Others by uh, Midlake. I liked it better when you had no heart by Butch Walker. Love is Gone by uh, Demin. Am I saying that right? Doesn't matter. Hibbly Deluxe 2 by Rob Zombie. Already going back to the well. Uh, McKenzie by Fear Factory. And uh, Soldier of Love, Sade's first album in 10 years. Oh. Shade. Who doesn't? Um, and yeah, 2010, we are here, people. And just so you know that we're serious, Avatar is number one at the box office. Hmm. Other but mov- for how much longer? I can't imagine much longer because this Could week... Could it be there is someone here waiting to take them down? Like maybe Frozen? Let it go. Let it go. Yep. Let go yep. of that chairlift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fall to the your death. Love is an open ticket. <laughs> oh wait, wait, no, not that frozen. Love is an open compound fracture <laughs> in your leg. I watched some of this. Did you really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was. I'm mad this exists, and it's not their fault. They named their movie this first. Yep. Uh, no, it's it's the other Frozen, the horror movie Frozen, where three people get stuck on a chairlift in the winter. And they're stuck up there. And how are they going to get down? How are they going to get safe? And it is tense as fuck. Yeah. And gross. Really? Like open water for ski lifts? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. That's the whitest thing I can possibly imagine. Uh, Okay. First of all, I love open water. One of my faves. I have very vivid memories of where I was when I saw that. How are we ever going to get down? They serve dinner only until six (laughs) o'clock. My hot cocoa. My cocoa. Yeah. It's all fun and games until the wolves come. Yes. 
Oof. So actually, uh, we I put this on this movie on last night uh, as the last little bit of my homework for this episode, and I was watching it with Sam and our son, mm-hmm. my stepson, who is a big horror movie fan. I was like, great, we can all watch this together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I topped out at about 45 minutes. It is gross. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Well, so they get stuck on a chairlift because they actually sneak onto the lift mm-hmm. or bribe their way on because they can't afford lift tickets. And then they, whoever's in charge doesn't realize they're still on it. So they shut it down and they shut down all the power and they're stuck. And then one of them jumps off and falls and gets terrible compound fractures in his legs and it's yeah. super gross and i tapped out at that point <laughs> yeah but he might have been the one that got off easy yes it sounds like it so oh uh, it's it's rough as i was driving my stepson to school this morning i was like all right fill me in on the rest of that movie because i get to talk about it later <laughs> he was like yeah so one of them gets their hands stuck to the side of the chair lift because right. it gets frozen and they have to tear her skin off. And the one who has the compound fractures in his legs, well, he meets an untimely end. Mm-hmm. Let's just say helping out the ecosystem. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Clearing out a bunch of fucking bougie white people. He was graking. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Um... It's a Liam Neeson joke. <laughs> um, Godspeed Frozen. Not that one. Not that one. But uh, yeah, no, if you want, I mean, the acting is, I remember the acting is being like, eh, it could be better, uh-huh. but it's pretty well made and it is tense. Uh-huh. Yeah. So horror fans, I think I'd, I'd recommend that one. Also out this week, another year with Jim Broadbent, uh, Imelda Stanton. Uh, you know Imelda Staunton. Oh, uh, yes, you, you do. would think I do, but I don't. I'm really dumb. You do. you made a Vera Drake joke. I was just about oh, to is say, that her? Yes, uh, Umbridge. You shamed me yeah. about Vera okay. Drake. Okay, she's Dolores Umbridge. I got it now. And uh, Leslie yeah. Manville didn't see this. They should combine it with the next movie and create a double feature grindhouse thing for people <laughs> who like to make their own tea to drive in. Um, <laughs> a single man with Colin Firth, Julian Moore, Matthew Good, Nicholas Holt. Uh, Jennifer Goodwin. Uh, all right, both of these they their trailers are way too visual, so I didn't bother putting trailers in there. But another year, <clears throat> sorry, another year is a Mike Lee joint, kind of in the vein of Secrets and Lies, and that it's just sort of about a lower middle class family just and their travails throughout the year, okay. and personal problems and disagreements and angst and whatever. And it, you know, I admit I haven't seen it, but it's got like ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean. Mike Lee is really good at that sort of British lower class like reality mm-hmm. feeling. I yeah. In a single man I have watched though, and it is fucking great. Really? Hmm. Yeah. This is the directorial debut of Tom Ford, the fashion designer. Yes. Okay. And <sighs> with set decoration by the Mad Men people, so it is the nicest, swankiest looking movie. Hmm. So I watched the first half of this movie mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. I had to tap out because I felt like I was just watching a cologne commercial basically <laughs> yeah it is obsession awfully fucking pretty yeah and, yeah. and, and compared to like nocturnal animals that he also directed which right. is like way grimier that this does feel like oh a fashion guy made this I mean it's pretty to the point of being sterile Ooh. Mm, I felt but like. that's that could be kind of the point because Colin Firth plays uh, a gay guy who is in the closet and Julianne Moore is like his bestie who's in love with him mm-hmm. and it's the 60s and 
he's super depressed and wants to kill himself. And she doesn't understand, like, why are you so depressed? Why can't we be together? And then he, like, starts up this sort of friendship with uh, Nicholas Holt. is like a student. And it's all about him just dealing with his depression. And so it's not, like, exciting and nothing really happens. It's an actor showcase and everyone's Colin Firth in particular, he is so goddamn good. Oh, yes. Yes. He's all the acting is very good. And but yes, it just felt so too sterile for me because, I mean, part of Mm. the story is his depression over dealing with the death of his partner. And yeah, I mean, I I understand what it's going for here, but it 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 was missing some blood metaphorically. No. Oh, I was going to say anything that Colin Firth is in that doesn't involve like killing 40 people Mm -hmm. to free bird. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not that interested Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. It's, it is hard to film depression. Like how do you make that Mm. visual? I know you have someone put their hand on a windowsill and they look out it while their partner is on the other (laughs) side of them, not making eye contact. Yeah. That's pretty arms. Yeah. That's how you do it. But it is, it's awfully pretty. I think I like nocturnal animals better for Tom Ford films, even though that's like grimy and, weird sometimes and it's like i don't know it's like the coen brothers and david lynch kind of collaborated but i i like that one a bit better but if you're just, you just in the mood to see really pretty suffering <laughs> then a single man let's do it uh speaking of suffering for me crazy heart yeah um yeah a jeff bridges movie that he's really good and good enough to get an oscar uh or an oscar nomination did he win he, he won he won. Yeah. he won he finally won fifth time around uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall, Beth Grant, Sarah Jane Morris, Crazy Heart, Terrible. Mr. Blake, I'm Gene Craddock from The Sun Scene. Tape recorder, okay? Go ahead, that's right. What's your real name? I'm Bad Blake. My tombstone will have my real name on it. Until then, I'm just gonna stay bad. Your heart's on the loose. You rolled. Lord, tell me what's going on here. Oh, I loved this. All right, well, this, yeah. the music got nominated for an Oscar, too. It was very good. Yeah. T-Bone, music won. Yeah. T-Bone Burnett. Burnett. Mm-hmm. T-Bone Barnett. Pickens is mm-hmm. someone else. <laughs> it's a Mr. Show <laughs> character. I confused. Yeah. But yeah, it's a story of a old alcoholic country singer, Jeff Bridges, kind of down and out on the tail end of his career and he meets a reporter and she Jesus, at least he's 60 helps him out um in a way and yeah it's really really good is it yeah i don't know i don't know how else to say it really i mean like great performances maggie gyllenhaal is very good at that particular mm. kind of actor or role for her where it's kind of a down and out heart of gold type of lady mm-hmm yeah, but sort of, you know, a little bit closed off. Mm-hmm. Someone who's been hurt in the past kind mm-hmm. of kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I don't I'm not crazy about the title. I don't I don't like the, the title Crazy Heart. It better be but, the title of his hit song, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but no, it's Jeff Bridges like doing what later Jeff Bridges does so well. This guy is 64. He mm-hmm. has a crazy heart. Mm. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, being Feeling very lived in, being a you know, and he's he's like a recognizable kind of character. Like, oh, I've met this guy. Yeah, I've met this kind of guy at a bar. He was sitting at the end, and they had to tell him stop smoking in here, and he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't smoke in this yeah. bowling alley. <laughs> uh, I did. I mean, I 
do have a little bit of a problem. Oh, okay, we're buying that Maggie Gyllenhaal is his romantic love interest. Okay. Mm. Come on. Yes. Great show. Do we have to keep buying this over and over again? Yeah, Can we get someone a little bit more age appropriate? I mean, it's not a creepy age difference. It's just like a hard to buy age difference, mm. especially with the state that he's in. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very good. It's, it is. You know, it's a movie you could watch with your dad. Mm. Um and from Paris with Love with John Travolta and John Reese Myers. Ooh, I kept threatening no one should watch. I kept threatening to Sam that we're gonna watch it. I love that John Travolta <laughs> seemingly exists now, as we discussed on bonus time, just to be in the worst movies of the year. I know. It's it's yeah. wonderful. Why? Someone has to do it. Yeah, for real. Like there there needs to be a person like him. It's wonderful. Will the trailer let me know how bad it is? Yeah, because it's so freaking generic. From the director of Taken. There's a suicide bomber inside the embassy. Oh, the risk no. has never been greater. <laughs> what do you think this is about? It's about terrorists! But our last line of defense is also our best. What the? Did I say we were done? John Travolta, Jonathan Reese Myers. Come on, baby, one shot. Fire. Paris with love. This looks terrible. I yeah. must see it. So here's my question. Do you think that John Travolta shaved his head for this? Or do you think he made them put a bald cap over his spray painted face? I think fake he shaved hair? the sides of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that he showed up to make like hair know. and makeup. It was like, they're like, okay, so we're just going to wash off this paint that you have. And he's like, no. That's my hair. Put a ball cap even, over it. Even They're his like, goatee. Okay, even, Mr. Travolta. His goatee looks painted, though. Yeah, even his goatee looks digitally artifacted. <laughs> so I just assume Scientology has an excellent barber school somewhere in there. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. This is uh, nothing interesting happens. It is super paint by numbers. It's boring as hell. I want Jonathan Reese Myers to have a better career because he's very talented. Yeah, what's up I with him? This. I don't know. The Tudors was fine. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sorry, I'm back in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nah, fuck from Paris with love uh, is terrible. And uh, Dear John, not based on the uh, fucking... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, Judd not Hirsch. the Judd Hirsch show. Yeah, Judd Hirsch show finally went six seasons in a movie, just like I asked for. I have never, ever heard of this. Okay, well... No? Well, I guess you're not a girl. Here's mm. my entry for Employee of the Month at Laser Time Industries. Ooh. I watched this movie, and <gasps> I read the book it was based on. Come what? on! All in one day. Come on. Whoa. <laughs> Why? Okay. That says a lot for the quality of Nicholas Sparks' writing. Word. So Woo. it is based yeah, on... your employee of the week, at least. It is a, based on a Nicholas Sparks book, which I had never read one before. And so I thought, great, this is the perfect chance for me to do this. I'm mm-hmm. a pretty fast reader. I read the book in about six hours on Saturday. It is... Look, I'm of the opinion that all reading is good reading, mm-hmm. and anything that gets people <laughs> to read novels, I am here for. Mm-hmm. But my personal opinion is that Nicholas Sparks is middle-brow pap for basics. <laughs> it is not good. And the story of the novel is pretty gross you know, virtuous girl meets a guy from across the tracks and then they get together and she changes him. And then this is still happening in 2010. Yes. Apparently Yuck. people are down for it. Mm. Um, so let me say, then I watched the movie and maybe I'm being colored by having read the book, which is pretty awful. The movie's not that bad. 
Really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that, that's an interesting concept. The idea of like a not so interesting book can be condensed into an entertaining film. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with who we're looking at on screen. Oh, you mean uh, like Amanda Seyfried and uh, Channing Tatum? We're all down for Richard Jenkins. That's pretty and much who I'm talking Elliot about. Elliot yeah. from E.T. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Scott Porter. Oh, dear John. Two weeks together. That's all it took for me to fall for you. From the best-selling author of The Notebook. Hey, uh, I got somebody I want you to meet. Your dad loves you. I can tell, even if you can't. I gotta go back. I promise I'll write all the time. Letter number eight. Letter number 33. You're all that matters to me. And I'll try to figure out what the right thing is to do. Dear John, Brady PG. Channing Tatum should have to beg any woman to stay with him. Right. Mm. Um, okay. Sorry, so I was deployed. Please, please don't leave me. It's set in South Carolina. Uh, and he, she is a college student who is there building houses for oh. home or Habitat for Humanity. There we go. There we mm-hmm. go. And he's home on leave because he was a rough and tumble guy. And then he joined the army and he cleaned up his act. And he's home on leave. And ha- they meet and they have a grand romance, which, by the way, is very mm-hmm. romantic. Honestly, mm-hmm. those scenes mm-hmm. kind of got me a little bit. I didn't cry, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is very sensual and then (laughs) he goes back to germany where he's based and they're writing letters to each other and living out this romance but oh no 9-11 oh (sighs) ruins everything Mm -hmm. and so he re-ups with the rest of his unit okay his buddies the people that he's in i I can like across yeah Mm-hmm. Okay. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, Whatever. so he re-ups with them, and while he's gone, you know, in a war zone, she writes him a letter breaking up with him. Ah. <sighs> and then he comes back because his dad dies. Also, oh. he and his dad have a very rocky relationship because his dad's kind of weird, and so he's like, "Oh, I've never been able to talk to him. He's so strange." Blah blah. blah. He collects all these coins. That's all he cares about. And then this guy over seventy, they collect coins. Leave him alone. <laughs> Yeah. And then Amanda Seyfried's character is like, no, I'm a psychology major. He has Asperger's. <gasps> oh, oh, no. And so then he has a better relationship with his dad. Then his dad dies. No. We're in a dad oh. movie situation. After they broke up. So he comes back to bury his dad. It's very sad. And then he goes to the horse farm that she founded for children with autism. And uh, Everyone's a saint, aren't they? Truly. Um, and so they reconnect, except for, oh, no, she's married. Who is she married oh, to? No. Her childhood best friend who has a son with autism. You see how okay. it's all coming together, people? It all coming together. Oh, but she's really sad. Why is she sad? Because her husband has lymphoma and he's going to oh, die. Oh, no, he's totally not going to be killed to get out of the way of their love. Well, mm-hmm. not yet. Because he's on death's door, and the dang insurance company won't pay for his expensive experimental treatment. The most realistic part of this movie. So, (laughs) Channing Tatum, good guy that he is, sells his inheritance, the coin collection, to pay for his true love's husband's lymphoma treatments. So this is romantic is what you're telling me. (sighs) Holy shit, big snore. Oh my god, I'm with the Reddit now, Sarah. I think that was ev- awful. I think eventually okay. he, the so it's 
<laughs> it's about perfect people being perfect at each other. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But it's just, but they can't be together because circumstances. And then, but they're like super selfless and perfect about them. Yeah. So she gets like a white lady disease and he shoots enough brown people to make it possible to pay for, uh, never mind. I, were you listening at all to my lecture? I don't want to hear about this. This movie is <laughs> never heard of it. Look, and like, I read the book and I watched the movie. So now you got to hear I'm it. I'm placating you. Just, <laughs> but I, I hate, I hate it. There's I no, listened to Sims talk. I was waiting for Judd Hirsch to be mentioned. It never happened. <laughs> I wish Judd Hirsch had I'm been sorry. someone's dad in this. Yeah, Come on. Uh, honestly, you know, this plot. It just kind of sounds like someone wrote down the plot of the notebook and then cut different pieces out and put them in a hat. Sure. I, I'm thinking Nicholas Sparks. Maybe maybe he has, I don't know, some cliches that he works with. No. What? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. But, I mean. Okay. The dire- so great. The director is, how do you say his name? Lassa. Oh, it's Lassa Hellstrom again. Hellstrom, yes. We- talked about as being like a really good director of yes. like sensitive people films right. and then occasionally something like wait what you know like who's eating gilbert great he, he did that right ah, which at first looks sensitive hindsight not very sensitive <laughs> but you know I think oh, and cider house rules we just talked about cider house rules. that movie fucking rules <laughs> sorry <laughs> back to my own uh, they were just 15 <laughs> they were only 15 year old boys these kings of new england <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Like okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, All you have to do it's... is sell your coin collection, son. <laughs> you don't need it. This coins are worthless. Yeah. <laughs> you have to collect this. Sell it. You know, just do what you have to do, so we can talk about the Grammys. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's right. A- attractive white people melodrama. Yes. There we go. We're, oh, we're done. There's some melodrama, but oh. not actual real problems. All real problems are actually solved. It's fine. I've seen worse. Don't read Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Moving into television of 2010, January 31st through uh, February 6th, the Grammys are happening this week, and that's always disappointing and worth arguing about. Uh, not that I know what was really cool this year, because I do not. Well, Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Taylor Swift won for Album of the Year. Kings of Leon won for Record of the Year. Single Ladies won for Song of the Year. Zach Brown Band won for Best New Artist, uh, beating MGMT and Silver Song Pickups. That's and dumb. What else we got? Uh, yeah, we got a lot of Beyonce. We got some Black Eyed Peas. We got some Mraz. There you go. Yeah, I wish I was dead. And it was, and it was hosted by John Goodman. What? <laughs> I did not know. Uh, I want him he, to host. He's things. been doing it for years. You. It's a good Goodman's dozen. Uh, like, sorry, it's an <laughs> SNL joke. Uh, I'm putting in there accidentally. Do we want to talk about Modern Family Moon Landing? Sure. This is a fun episode that I really enjoyed, uh, mainly for the B story, or it may have even been the C story, but um, Cameron goes to the club with Ed O'Neill, mm-hmm. the character, to play racquetball, I believe. And they're oh, both. That club, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking something different, too. <laughs> and um, they are both in the locker room where a very unfortunate catastrophe happens. Ooh. Oh. Is it the reference to the title of the episode? Yes. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's a surprise. Boxers. Is that necessary? Well, I just always pictured you as a tidy whitey guy. Well, do me a favor. The next time you picture me, leave the underwear out of it. Well, don't you worry. The only thing I'm picturing is how clean the floor is going to be when I'm done mopping it with you. <laughs> is that the best you can do? Because it's going to take a little more than some lame trash talk to get me out of my... God, what the hell was that? 
Our butts pressed against each other. They didn't press, it was glancing. Stop talking about it. Oh, come on, all the time you've spent in the locker room, this can't be your first moon landing. You got a name for it? It's very common. You got off easy, at least it even happened after a shower. Enough. We call that a splashdown. That's it. I'm changing in the stall. Excuse me! That is fantastic. That is just so good. That is fantastic. There's always a moment, as a man, mm-hmm. if you've had the, for- the good fortune to skinny dipped, where your butts or dicks touch. And like... <laughs> And it must be acknowledged. I've never heard moon landing it's before. It's such a great term. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> moon landing. And it's such a... I mean, I like Modern Family. I mm-hmm. think it's a very competent situation mm-hmm. comedy. But every mm-hmm. now and then you do get these Kirby enthusiasm that type moments where you're mm-hmm. like, this could have been a totally... I was cupping my face with how hard I was laughing. With that <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not kidding. And I barely like Modern Family. I that was, was good. I was so happy to find that. That's good. And that's that's on the face of all the good NBC comedy that yeah. I was in name. So I didn't pick any clips because we would be here all night. But right. I just happened... The NBC Thursday night lineup is kind of at the peak of its powers right Ooh. now, I think, for mm-hmm. the odds, because we have Community, Parks and Rec, Office, and 30 Rock. And Ooh. I, when I was looking at all of these individual Can episodes... you imagine four shows you like in a row? Wild. On television? Mm-hmm. Totally wild. <laughs> Usually a show I like on television, repeated for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. Great. Love it. We're yeah. really in the golden era. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Each one of these episodes is great on their own. So it's really fun. What a great night of television. We have we don't see this very often. But on Community, we had Romantic Expressionism, which is where we get to introduce to Britta's ex, who's played by Eric Christian Olsen, generic hot blonde guy, mm-hmm. I guess. I think he's been in some teen movies or whatever. And the storyline revolves around Britta and Jeff trying to protect Annie from the, her ex's charms basically and i think this is also kind of the first time you start to see the relationship between annie and jeff be potentially a thing his protectiveness over her i always found an interesting chemistry it's one of the most them. wonderful things on television i really love it never happens that is talked about constantly and i really liked it so much more than the jeff britta yeah. storyline and it's i think that thing. yeah and i think that um the creators really and the writers really felt like there's probably more there between mm-hmm. Annie and Jeff that was more interesting to explore. Um, mm-hmm. In Parks and Rec, we have Sweetums. Oh, oh before we even oh, get sorry. to Parks and Rec, the B story on this is everyone sitting around to make fun of Kick Puncher. Kick Puncher, right. yes. yes. Uh, Chevy Chase feeling left out, so he gets a bunch of writers to write jokes for him Riffs and he can come for... in with pre-planned. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a storyline more tailored towards me. Like um, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Not that I'm Chevy Chase doing. yet. Don't make your jokes. Just the idea that, like, that is the most fun I have nowadays, watching movies with friends and yelling at them. Yeah. And yeah. and the idea that, like, if my dad wanted to join, he might have to hire some writer friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Parks and Rec, we have Sweetums, which is Ooh. the first time we really get introduced to the big industry mm-hmm. in Pawnee, which is oh, this... God conglomerate that makes uh snack foods mm-hmm. that is just basically ruining everyone and the story explores sweetums partnership with the parks department to sponsor various things in the department and how what an evil corporation they are and that plays out throughout <laughs> the rest of the series, series yeah. because the sweetums family is basically kind of the worst of like crony capitalism represented <laughs> in the show and it's it's just a fun introduction to it and then the office we oh. have the episode saber and oh. the office we're kind of on the downslope of the office no right now. I, I disagree 
Well, well, I disagree. Oh, the, they're airing on Comedy this. Central right now, but it's just the idea that like I thought the show was done watching it live. Yeah, and introducing the idea that Dunder Mifflin is not an impenetrable company mm-hmm. and clearly succumbing to the things of the 2010s, mm-hmm. and like I thought that like breathed new life into it. Right, I think they give them a new villain. What I was going to say was that it was on the downslope, which was what I think a lot of people thought because of where the storyline was going, and then the whole saber storyline brought in new characters that really gave us a new comedy people Mm -hmm. in our lives that we all love now, Mm -hmm. and b just a fun new storyline to play with. Yes, and so this is the first appearance by Zach Woods, who is one of my favorite people characters Mm -hmm. of. On Office, and one of my favorite comedy people. I don't even know like what my real opinion is of the the 2016 Ghostbusters movies because Zach Woods is in the opening, <laughs> yeah, and I was just yeah, so excited. So I was just so excited. <laughs> yes, uh, he makes Silicon Valley better, and I'll watch that and HBO Veep. and show he's on. Yeah. Yeah, Love he's so good. And then also we see Kathy Bates as the president of Saber. It, it, it does reveal that like like <laughs> Michael Scott has never really had a villain adversary. He's had right. David Wallace, a guy who's like not even on his side, just like I want to deal with as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Please don't make me talk to you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kathy right. Bates is like, you're fucking up. Yeah, get it together. And yeah. like, and it it makes the office scary. It does uh, a, a little bit because yeah. you're worried about all these people. Because of the Saber, uh, the Saber storyline. And Kathy Bates as a character is, she's from Tallahassee, first of all. Tallahassee, Florida. Which I love. And it's great because she is a character we know, we've met. This yeah. kind of brassy, southern woman mm. who is like, person who has a... Was that ex- guff? I don't take that. Yeah, she's got an expression <laughs> for everything. Sorry, which I totally appreciate. Um, and also in this episode, you do get to see David Wallace now that he has been relieved of his duties in a hot tub, <laughs> a hot tub playing drums, just being an all around nuisance around his home. <laughs> and that's a fun. A, a true, sad, listless man. Yeah, I really love that actor. I don't know his name, but he often plays just like corporate shill guy. He's really good. And he's really good at it. And he was really good at playing like now shiftless on a I, I think guy. This, this, this is a weird little renaissance for the office yeah it should have been over but it but they this is a fascinating storyline that bought it another year oh at least and because then also (laughs) later on we're gonna get james fader Mm -hmm. and his whole storyline is wild and i it has some dips and hits and misses but i really like robert california is one of the best villains so good (laughs) is he a villain though what is he yes yeah Mm. yeah all, all he does is stir up shit he stirs up shit and, and before this, really, like, Michael Scott was the closest thing to a villain, and he's the hero of the show. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it, it's True. strange. This, well, it's it, a new dynamic for the show. It's fun because Michael Scott is really uh, chaotic good, while Robert Con- California is chaotic new- or chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's a fun thing to watch later on. And we'll be talking about the Bacchanalia episode whenever mm-hmm. that comes up, because that's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and then on 30 Rock, we have Verna, which is where we meet Jenna's mother, played mm-hmm. by Jan Hooks. Jan Hooks. Oh, God. And it is great. I love her so much. I love her. Every time she shows up, I'm so happy to see her. She elevates everything. And she, so just... she doesn't need a boob job. She has the meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just needs to lift it. Yeah, it's such a great and the oh, B storyline on this too is um, Tina Fey's writer mm-hmm. whose name is Judah Freelander. Nope, the bald headed Scott. Oh, Adson. Frank. Yeah, Frank. Frank. He moves Lutz. in with her and not not Lutz. No, no? Scott Adsit's character. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. 
he moves in with her because I think he gets he's splitting up with his wife, right. and they both vow to give up their vices for him. It's smoking for her. It's mm-hmm. junk food. So they set up. She sets up a camera and finds out she is sleep eating everything, including his cigarettes at night, <laughs> 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 which is always fun. So yes, I mm. realize I just explained the sitcom episodes of four. What? But no, TV but Jen shows Jen to Jen you guys would come back to play Verna really again. Good. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. th- this is insane. This cannot be a more perfect night. Really, of Musty TV. This, this is where this is God, where all yeah. three of these shows have found their legs. Yes, or, and in the Office's case, refound their legs. Exactly. It's a really good night. Yeah. It is. Um, and I just I wanted to highlight it. I was too terrified to watch HBO on Saturday though on the sixth because mm. I didn't want to see the Temple Grandin. Claire Danes movie. It's fine. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. If you say so, there's a clip here. I have done everything that I can for Temple. (laughs) We know how different she is. Different, not less. You have a very special mind, you know that? Think of it as a door. A door that's going to open up onto a whole new world for you. Pick a subject. Cows? Do they colleges with cows? Yes, they do. Why are some mowing more loudly than others? There must be a reason they're saying something. Well, I reckon you could get Dr. Doolittle on out here. He probably could tell you. I remember why it's so grating. She's not doing an impression of someone with a developmental disability. Mm-hmm. She's doing an impression of a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really hard to watch throughout the entirety of the movie. That's yes. If you've seen... Clips of Temple Grand and speaking. That really is kind of how she sounds. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she she did a very very, very loud, over enunciating, over the top kind of speaker, and you just kind of get used to it as you're watching it. Yeah, when I first watched, it, I was like, "Uh, where are we going with this?" And I saw the real. Uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. This is not a parody, or so she's not making fun of this person. She's doing a really good job embodying her mm-hmm. as someone who. Is a woman with autism that has like very kind of distinct quirks to her behavior and how she relates to other people. And then she ends up like going, you know, try, having trouble finding like what she's good at. Where is her niche? And then she finds it in a really odd, specific way of how do you handle livestock? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just somehow that just clicks. She can understand like. Oh, here's how you keep the cows calm, and mm-hmm. you can just walk them this way and walk them that way. Yeah, you do it she this way. Makes yeah. the hugging machine. Yeah, which honestly keeps, keeps her calm. You think we could and draw a line between our awareness of Temple Grandin and her, you know, hugging machine, and now the ubiquity of gravity blankets? Oh well, you're the proponent oh. of that. Please go on. I feel like that this was the the exposure to Temple Grandin and what she did, which is to relieve animals' anxiety. She realized because it helped her with her own anxiety that sometimes being in an enclosed space, being squeezed in a way, um, helped relieve anxiety mm-hmm. for you know animals that are going being processed as livestock and also for her for her own anxiety and now you know we see the ubiquity of these gravity blankets i have one myself i find it to be very helpful i don't know i wonder Mm. if that kind of helped with raising awareness of that sort of thing Mm. huh i hadn't thought of that but yeah weighted blankets and just sort of feeling swaddled Mm -hmm. works uh also the same night snl the host Ashton Kutcher guess them crooked vultures. I forgot they existed. Uh, the That's super, a super group. group. Come mm-hmm. on, we got John yeah. Paul Jones from Zeppelin and Dave Grohl, and and uh, Queens of the Stone Age fella. 
But it has uh, one of my yeah. it has one of my favorite sketches ever. Okay. And Ashton Kutcher, uh-huh. I would like to point out, like, oh, if he had more talent, he but he's game. He has the he has a lot of the DNA that could make him a great SNL host, mm-hmm. but not the talent. Mm. His uh, his mm. impression of Mel Gibson on this show is embarrassing. Like, <laughs> was that based on one interview where like he didn't have coffee? Like, I don't recognize what you're doing at all. But uh, but like I, I like to file this under. Chris, you've gotten old sketches, the band reunion <laughs> sketch. It's a wedding sketch where uh, everyone's really normal and dressed in tuxedos and like, look, uh, we're not going to be together in the same space again, but like, we just want to get the old band back together. We never quite made it. Uh, and it's just, and Dave Grohl is the drummer for them Crooked Vulture. So he's the drummer here. Ashton Kutcher and Bill Hader, they're all playing their own instruments. Wow. And oh, um, okay. and they get back together at this really lame, and so I'm going to let this play a little bit, mm-hmm. but because that's part of the joke. Easy on us, guys. This is our first gig since, like, 1983. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd like to say something. Hey, who's this old guy? <laughs> All got gray hair. <laughs> you know, I can't believe we're up here after 25 years. I, we're, we were very different guys back then. You can say that again. But this feels right, sharing our music with this wonderful young couple. Yes, yes. I, you know, I, I guess when you get right down to it, rock and roll always endures. <laughs> Unlike my prostate. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I got, I got issues, too. <laughs> All right. This thing get heavier? <laughs> All right, let's do this. Uh, Madeline, my little Maddie, I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I hope Daddy doesn't make too much of a fool of himself up here. All right. It's with all my love. You guys ready? Here we go. Oh, God, because it's how old we are, where we're doing our old fucking punk rock band. They're all gray hair. I'm sorry. I can't. I I don't want to explain any further, but it's such a good sketch. It's, and and I I really think they're all actually playing because Dave Grohl is seriously playing Mm -hmm. the drums, and it looks like Ashton Kutcher learned a chord or two uh, for the performance. (laughs) Um, And then to move along on 302010 to the games of 2010. Uh, January 31st through the February 6th, White Knight Chronicles on the PS3. Uh, that means something different now, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But a big week for PC. Star Trek Online uh, debuts and still going to this day. Star- Stalker, okay. Call of uh, Preafit, uh, one of the last PC exclusives for no real reason. Um, and Diana, The Sims 3, colon... High end loft stuff. I love what? the I love I love the Sims expansion packs because they tell you exactly what they are. Vacations, uh, pets, high end loft stuff. So I would yeah, bean bags filled with gold. That's the only thing I can imagine. And that is about it for the goddamn show. Uh, we want to hear what you think. Check us out at uh, lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, I got to tell you, this episode is brought to you by Austin Cook and many other fine people at patreon.com slash lasertime, where for the price of a burger and fries, you can help your favorite podcast network, including Laser Time, Vision Game Apocalypse, Bonus Time, a bunch of other shows that we do to try and uh, earn earn our keep with you, um, you can, at patreon.com slash lasertime. So check us out over there. Uh, Laser Time this week is all about uh, long dead mascots, uh, which I love talking about for some reason because we don't really have a lot of spokespeople anymore unless you're in insurance and uh sarah and and our buddy nathan is on that uh bonus time is a weird one we've never done anything that is like outright feels or depression or deserves a trigger warning 
because we're talking in um, light of the Kobe Bryant event, the most shocking celebrity deaths. And that will involve oh. some suicide. So I'm going to trust you to know whether you're capable of dealing with that. So you've had your trigger warning. Uh, I'm not mm. kidding. Like this is all about like hard stuff to deal with when people you feel like members of your family who you've never met uh, end up perishing because we're all you know, vaguely pop culture obsessed. Are we not? Next week, Disney shit. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll be drunk. I'm not wonderful. on that one, but if I were, most of mine are like people who were really old and had wonderful full lives. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Catherine Hepburn and Paul Newman, those ones hit me hard. Well, I think but, that that was the mixture. I mean, they weren't surprising. They were old. That was the mixture of 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 where you have to find it, where um your Heath Ledgers and your Brittany Murphys, oh. people who are cut down oh. on a, an upward trajectory of their career who are too young and i think kobe bryant does qualify for that the heart yeah mm. i'm not on this episode either mm. but for me the hardest one by far was andrew koenig really yeah, yeah i can see it because it was it was someone you somebody here from every week yeah mm. i got to know him through the never not funny podcast Boner. he was yeah and he was the um camera guy and the one of the producers of never not funny and he's a he really was, good joker in a batman yeah. uh unofficial short and he was really funny, and he's the only podcast person, which is how I knew him, that died, um, that I, you know, was really following. And I remember mm. crying a lot throughout while he was missing, and then after they found him, and it was it was a really tough time. That was the one that definitely hit me the hardest. And and, and uh, the only the ray of light I found is that like a real tragic death doesn't happen as often as you think, especially considering of how many people you're aware of now. Mm. Um, if you take, if you took out suicide, which you shouldn't, and please call one of those lovely hotlines if you need help. But like with that, like suicide wasn't a thing when I was a little kid. People didn't kill themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe it just wasn't released that they had died right. by suicide or no one told you because you're a kid. I remember Hervé Villachez. That is it. Like Kurt Cobain ruined my world. Like knowing that you could do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, but, but like, but most of these things are like, um, it's not as tragic if someone is like a, uh, old and like kind of past their prime mm -hmm. we sort of expect, Oh, I'll hear about this any day. But these are the ones that mm -hmm. are just like, fuck out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Including someone who I may have been involved in Star Trek online. Mm, that was the worst one, I think. Oh. Uh, sorry, sorry. It is going to yeah, be a little morose. Next sure. week, we'll be silly and we'll throw corporations under the bus. It'll be wonderful. Yay. Yep. Di, where can That's people find true. you? They can find me online at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And because we cover, you know, the week that's coming, we get to break some news before all the news channels start, because next week there's going to be a thing where all the news channels are going to talk about, it's the anniversary of blah, blah, blah. We're going to beat them to it. <laughs> that's right. Intrigued. Wonderful. You'll know what I'm talking about next week. Wonderful. It's got to be Pearl Harbor. Gotta be. Yes. In classic corner. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's December. Please don't add me. Uh, we passed Pearl Harbor. We already did Pearl Harbor. And with, right. with that, who be dead during this period of 302010? I found no famous deaths Good. this week. Good. We're I all we waiting till that. next week where we have like a dozen of them and oh they're all God. depressing and it's going to take half the show. Mm. <sighs> Sadness. All right. Well, with the, the, with the no deaths, let's have a rebirth anyway. Bye 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 birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong doodly-doodly-ding-dong-doo. Oh, birthday! Okay, birthday quiz time! Mm -hmm. 
We got another person turning 50. Okay. 50. Molly Shannon. No, stop. No. You could just guess that every week. <laughs> uh, I will never do Molly Shannon. Just, just to fuck with all y'all. Anyway, turning 50 this week. Born January 31st, 1970 in London. Her parents were never married because dad was already married to someone else and then took off when she was six. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Some Dickensian shit going on in the 70s, man. Mm-hmm. She was in a band in boarding school that got signed when she was 19, but she preferred acting and did a bunch of British TV. Uh, mm. She hasn't given up music, though. Her album, Ask Me to Dance, made it to number 11 on Billboard Heat Seekers charts in 2014. No fair. Okay, Sarah didn't get it, so keep going. Who could it be now? Okay. We have talked about a whole bunch of her movies, though. Like Big Night, Sleepers, and Hard Rain. Mary Stuart Masterson? Uh, no. Three uh, how about uh, some voice work like uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and English dub of Princess Mononoke? Claire Danes. Nope. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Nope. Uh, stuck in this three-name thing. Mm. How about uh, The Governess or An Ideal Husband? No oh. fair. Sarah's seen those movies. What's her name? Sarah Michelle Geller. Who's also done voice work in Tarzan, Chris? Oh, Jennifer Connelly. No. How about Gross Point Blank or Goodwill Hunting? Oh, Mini Driver. Ah, oh, fuck you. I got it. I got it. I got it. And I never yeah, saw Ideal yeah. Husband. You saw it like 20 times. I did not. Yes. I never. <laughs> I would never. Pish tosh. Pish posh. Uh, yeah, no, if, if you've never listened to Mini Driver's music, it's pretty good. Oh, okay. Mini got a nice dri- voice. Mini Driver's music. Oh, Mickey. Mickey Driver. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. I need to stop. But we will close out with uh, the weary kind from Crazy Heart, the Oscar-winning music from yep. Jeff Jeff Bridges' Oscar-winning Love performance. Song. Whether you like hey. the movie or not, the dude got an Oscar. Jeff Starman, Starman has an Oscar. K-Pax has an Oscar. We're all excited about it. <laughs> uh, we're all excited about it, but uh, you can check out more at lasertimepodcast.com. Please check out patreon.com slash lasertime if you have a few bucks to spare. Like, a little bit goes a long way if enough of you do it. Um, uh, we're not the biggest thing in the world. We do depend on the support of people like you uh, to keep us going, and hopefully we can keep going throughout the 2020. We would really like to. So uh, patreon.com slash lasertime. Love you guys. And this ain't no place for the weary kind And this ain't no place to lose your mind This ain't no place to fall